Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> tell me when you do that. I didn't know what the hell you were doing right there. Uh, but good call, by the way. We have to make sure we hit that legal. I lost track of time. David Shaw has me all fired up over there trying to rain on the parade. David Shaw was waiting for that every time the red. Oh, my team is 0-4. Well, then get out of here. Your Who's team's buried. Team? They're over. They're done. Who's his team? I don't have no clue who his team is. I've got to no be. Who is 0-4? He's also a Michigan football fan, so if well, that says No, anything. Detroit's 3-2. and two, if I So he's definitely that. not a, a Tigers fan. Um, I don't even... I don't know, but either way, he'll tell us. Um, but you know what? This is the thing about it. You got to start somewhere. Yep. And, you know, last year, for whatever reason, the Reds made the playoffs. People are going to say, oh, it was a uh, truncated season or whatever. So what? They still made the playoffs. That's a step. Now you start off uh, pretty solid in April to start the next season off. You continue to make strides and continue to make steps in the right direction to trying to get a pennant. So I'm not going to poo-poo them beating the Pirates. So what? That's the Pirates' problem. That isn't the Reds' problem. The Reds are trying to win a pennant and go back to the World Series. They should not be worried about who they're beating. Don't make excuses for winning. And not only did they win, they beat them down like they're supposed to. You're supposed to beat down a bad opponent. And that's what the Reds did. Now, we can get all dissected and talk about, oh, man, they gave up a granny. But you know what? That granny didn't matter because they scored 11 runs. You know what I'm saying? So... You can do all those type of things. You can just be like, pass the buck, like, oh, man, that team sucks. But you guess what? If they'd have lost to that team, we have real problems. But they didn't. They won. And they should, people should be happy about their team winning baseball games because that's something they haven't done in a long time. Yeah, you know, we go through this. or I, You know, I always have to position it this way, too. Like for a college football example here, there's times Ohio State plays the Sisters of the Poor, right? I mean, they, they, they play Miami of Ohio. They'll play Bowling Green. They'll play all these teams that are good for little cute little OMAC schools, but they, don't, they, they have no business being on the same field as Ohio State. But when Ohio State bludgeons them, what do people always say about Ohio State? They don't play anybody. They haven't played any. Yeah, and they're destroying them. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Because if you don't destroy those teams, if you only beat Miami of Ohio like 28 to 21, guess what? We're going to rip Ohio State for only beating Miami of Ohio 28 to 21. Shaw, it's not that the Reds won. It's how the Reds won. The Reds literally, not, and again, this is why I have in my notes here that I learned more about the Reds again in this series with the Pirates than I did about the Reds in the series with the Cardinals. And the Cardinals, that was a 10 times better opponent that they beat. Plus, it was the Cardinals. It's a, it's a division rival. Um, but the Pirates, I learned so much about the Reds because the Reds have had a habit in years past of playing down to the level of competition. Or they would have a huge series against the Cubs or the Cardinals or the Brewers. They'd feel good about themselves. They'd be riding, you know, riding high. They'd have a ton of momentum. And then they'd go play a bad Pirates team. And then they'd crap the bet against the Pirates. And it's like you just undid everything that you were able to do against a good team. So I really was actually nervous about the Pirates series, as crazy as that sounds. After they took two or three from the cards, I was pretty pumped. I was like, that's a hell of a way to start the season. But you cannot turn around and then drop two or three to the Pirates. Hell, even winning 2-1, which I predicted they took two or three because I never predict sweeps. Uh, you know, I predicted 2-1, but if they So they're ahead of pace. So they're ahead of pace. They are. They're ahead of the Kenner, uh, you know, uh, you know, me guess, you know, trying to figure projections, I guess. But keep in mind that if the Reds were to drop two or three, we would be ripping this team right now. We would be saying how oh, this is not a good baseball team right now. 
But they didn't just beat the Pirates. They bludgeoned the Pirates, and that's all you can ask for. That's not all you can ask for. All you can ask for is that you at least take two or three. They went above and beyond. They took all three, and they destroyed them in the process. Plus 31 run differential, six games in. There's still a lot of baseball left to be played. A lot of baseball left Mm -hmm. to be played. All right, there's 150-plus games remaining, and there could be a lot more bad games coming up for the Reds. There's going to be games where the Reds probably lose by double digits a time or two because even the Yankees, that'll happen to them. It's going to happen to the Dodgers. Good team like the Braves. Shaw's a Braves fan, by the way. Uh, you know, Braves fan, you know, they're 0-4, whatever. Good teams are going to lose. Bad teams are going to get some wins. Not one series or two series is the tail of the tape for the entire series, but when we crack this mic, it's to react to what the hell's going on right now. And what's going on right now is the Cincinnati Reds are 5-1. and one. They've won five straight, and they are the hottest team in baseball. And that is all that matters to me, man. I feel pretty good about that win. Uh, I think right now it's been a while since we've had something to be excited about, especially if you are a fan of any team in, in Cincinnati. I promise you that much. I mean, this is how you do it. Reds. Cincinnati Reds. Not like the Cincinnati Bengals. You win four games and you act like you won a damn Super Bowl. We're talking about actually, you know, coming out hot, winning games that you shouldn't like you did against the Cardinals. Technically, if you're going to talk to, you know, people doubting the Reds. And then, not just beating a bad opponent, but bludgeoning a bad opponent. How about this quote right here from Amir Garrett? This was done, you know, yesterday. And this quote was made yesterday, Kev. That he goes, he says, I want everybody to think that the Cincinnati Reds are like the cockiest team ever. We're some bat-flipping, showboating sons of guns, and I want everybody to know that. I know Amir Garrett, of course, says, makes that quote and then gives up a, you know, a grand slam or whatever. <laughs> but keep in mind that... The Reds need this kind of swag. I think baseball is boring. I think it's dry. I think it's dull. I think it needs more guys like Tatis Jr. and guys like that. Like I think it needs more personality, more personalities like Amir Garrett. I'm hoping Amir reaches that star level that Tatis Jr. and some of those others are right now. But keep Amir is one hell of a pitcher, one hell of a guy to have in the bullpen. I think you know he still worries me a bit. I think he walks guys. I mean to be a to be a closer, I think he walks too many batters. I don't like that he gave up that grand slam late. But I do think that Amir Garrett, when he's locked in, he's much different. I don't know how. I don't know what your intensity level is like if you're Amir Garrett coming in with an 11-run lead. I'm not saying that he will never give up a grand slam the rest of the year, but there's a difference between coming in when you're up one or two runs and then coming up when you're up 11. I don't think that you're getting the typical Amir Garrett intensity that you're accustomed to, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But what I love about this is, since the Big Red Machine, even the 90 World Series team, Kev, didn't have any kind of personality. They're, you know, they, they're a good baseball team. They won the World Series, and then off you went. Haven't been back since. Um, the, what the Reds need is a personality. They need an identity. And I think when you have guys like Nick Castellanos who, you know, are going right at the and by the way, how about Nick Castellanos? They had a hit more, you know, a hit at least one hit in every single game. Uh one of the league leaders in home runs right now, him and the start with Naquin as well. Um by the way, thank you for that. You're a, a Cleveland Indians fan, and they just basically handed him to us. So, you know, we are very pleased uh, with the results from him here in the early going. But the Reds, I tell salary you what. Salary dump. Uh, salary dump. One man's trash is another man's treasure, and the Reds are, are definitely benefiting from that. But what I love about what the Reds are doing right now is I love that line. My favorite line in that quote from Amir Garrett we're some bat flipping, showboating sons of guns. I wish you would have said sons of bitches, man. I would have loved that. You know, we're bat, you know, bat flipping, showboating sons of bitches, man. Like that's what I would have loved to hear from Amir Garrett. But keep in mind. That's what the Reds need. They need that personality. They need that energy. They need that excitement. Because when you get that energy, that excitement, and along with the production, mm-hmm. now you have something cooking there. Because now you're not just a team that's winning games. You are winning with flair. You're winning with personality. Now you're not just a good team, like a dry winning. I mean, keep in mind, like the Rays, they win 90-plus games. That's a good baseball team. 
Kev, they're drier than chalk. I mean, it is. Un- I mean, I-, I can't watch them. I mean, I watch them, but I don't like sprint to the TV to watch them. There's just no personality. There's, they're just eh. But the Reds, they could be that next team, possibly. Not just basing it off of six games. I'm basing it off the personalities they have on this roster. Castellanos was a pit bull for them last year. He was a no-nonsense guy last year, even in the 60-game shortened season. Amir Garrett's always had that attitude and that flair. He went on and took on the whole damn dugout against the Pirates last year. So, or two years ago, whenever that was. The bottom line is, is that the Reds have personalities. And if you can get those personalities to, to be on full display along with the production, like what we're seeing now, it's only six games, but again, I still think that this could be something that could snowball into something bigger. A week from now, we could be talking about how the Reds dropped four of six on the road, and we're right back to where we started, but you can't get to where we want them to go without doing what they've done right now, and this is how you want to start a season with a lot of momentum and a lot of the talking eyes on you. Yeah, we had this debate about Chad Johnson and A.J. Green, and you know, majority of people said A.J. Green, and then we looked at the stats, and the stats were basically identical, and just a little matter of fact, just a little bit in A.J. Green's favor, but we remember Chad's personality. We remember him scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Personality can take you a long way. And personality brings eyeballs to the television. And that's what baseball needs, eyeballs on the television when they're on. So if you're going to be hitting home runs, bat flipping, high-fiving your teammates, talking trash, getting the fans into it, I'm all for it, man. Like, I love that type of stuff, man. I know there's a lot of people out there that say, you know, score a touchdown, hand the ball back to the referee, act like you've been there before. You you know what? It's hard work to score a touchdown. It's hard to hit a home run. It's hard to strike out a major league batter. Fist bump. Get excited. I I love it, man. It's hard work. And you guys out there doing that on the field gets the crowd into it. It gets the fan base into it. And if somebody don't like it and they want to bump their gums, then let's get it on. Bump their gums. I like that. Don't bump your gums. That's I must steal that. Right? <laughs> Enough bumping of the gums, I'm telling you right now. Uh, Ron Howard on Facebook says, Why didn't Bell leave Castillo win to at least, uh, you know, at least a hit? When's the last time uh, that the Reds have had a pitcher pitch a complete game? Ron, I ain't going to let you, I ain't going to let you <laughs> spew your negativity. I'm, I'm, I, I feel good about David Bell and the Reds right now. Uh, look, and this is what I always tell people. I'm not a hypocrite. When things are good, when when things are bad, I tell you that they're bad, and when things are good, I tell you that they're good. I don't dislike David Bell. I dislike David Bell's managerial style at times. But the things that I've complained about David Bell in the past, he hasn't done to start the season. And oh yeah, they are winning. If the Reds were winning while David Bell was doing all his witchcraft, you know, double <laughs> switches, uh, doing all these Harry Potter spells with the lineup and everything, if they're winning and he's doing that, more power to him. But when you're losing and doing that, it's my favorite line from Alex Rodriguez. I know not a lot of people are fans of his broadcasting work in the play last year, but my favorite line of all time from Alex Rodriguez last year during the playoffs was, teams will accept losing playing the new way, playing the analytical way, than they will win the old school way. You would rather lose playing the new school way than win playing the old school way, and that's where I draw the line with accepting all the advanced mathematical, analytical, BS crap, whatever, because the bottom line is, you know what's pretty simple to understand? The Reds are scoring more runs than their opponents, and that's all you need. I don't need to know what XYZ minus minus 2 times 45 divided by your house with the tree on top. I don't need to know any of that. I just need to know that when that ball leaves the ballpark that it's a run up on the board and if there's you know if the if the little yellow dot is on the bases and that ball leaves the ballpark then however many yellow dots there are, you know, I I it's like Michael Scott explained it to me like I'm 5, that's what baseball should be. The dumber baseball is for the fans, the easier it is for them to follow and the more fans you're going to have following it. If your fans have to go to damn college to take 
an advanced calculus <laughs> class just to be able to understand what the broadcasters are saying and watching. You're not going to grow the damn sport. So leave the nerd stuff at home. I ain't going to deal with that. Doug Toby on Facebook says, I know it's early, but last year I kept saying batting 212. How can you blame Bell? Where are the Bell haters now batting 320? Doug Toby, I can counter with that. I wasn't, I, I, look, I was putting it, first of all, anytime a team loses and plays bad, that is on the manager, that is on the coach. That's just the history of, well, you know, sports. Um, but with that being said, when David Bell literally is, when guys are hot and takes them out of the order, that drives me nuts. You take your best hitters out of the lineup, that drives me nuts. When guys are rolling, you take them out of the lineup. So when they're hitting 212 and you have a guy that has an eight game hit streak, like there was a one point where Suarez had an eight game hit streak last year and he just took him out of the lineup. Took him out of the lineup. I'm like, but he was one of the few pieces I was hitting well last year. And you took him out of the lineup. And then Suarez would go on this big drought for the next two weeks after that. That's on David Bell. Overmanaging. You know what David Bell has done this year, Doug, that there's nothing to complain about? He's left the lineup alone. He's left Naquin. And now some of it's not exactly his choosing because some guys are you know feeling under the weather. Some guys are sick. But he's rolling out the same lineup, the same order. All right, minus one or two, which you're not going to have a same order and lineup for 162 games. But my God, you got to let an order, you got to let one particular lineup and one order breathe a little. You can't just throw out one order one day. That lineup puts up 10 runs on the board, and then you put out a completely lineup the next day, and then sit there and scratch your head and say, "Well, gee, I don't understand why it's not working." It's not that hard to figure out. So, it, you know, Doug Toby, yes, I agree with you. I know it's early, but don't start pumping your chest yet because David Bell, once he gets you know everyone back and healthy, he might start maneuvering the pieces. But I am not a Bell hater right now. Bell has this team playing inspired baseball, and uh, that's all that you can ask for. But, man, it's, it's pretty fun being a Reds fan right now. At least it should be. I don't care if it's six games in. You speak about that, and I saw yesterday the Mets pulled DeGrom out the game after he was willing and dealing, and then they blew the lead to the Phillies yesterday. Like because of analytics, and he was out there. I think I don't think he had a no no, but he was still. It was like I want to say the seventh inning, and it was like three to one third time through the order mess that they always do. And yeah. I was like, I just happened to catch it on ESPN last night as I was winding down, and then like, and this is where things go wrong for the Mets. They pulled the grum in the first game, and then, and then Philadelphia rallied and came back to win. But that goes to your point. Like I just don't get it, man. I just I, I've had baseball people try to explain it to me multiple times, and it's just something that I just don't understand, man. If you're hot. Keep it going, man. Like, you don't do that in football. Like, if they can't stop you running the ball, you keep running the ball. Like, literally, like, it, hey, if they can't stop the counter trap to the left, guess what? Counter trap to the left until they stop it. Like, why would you do that in baseball? I just don't understand. Oh, I'm so with you. It's like the it's like they're well, they haven't stopped it, but they're probably going to stop it. So we gotta we gotta roll before they do. Like in football, you're right. That's like okay, if you keep handing it to your running back, that's averaging about seven eight yards a carry, <laughs> and like man, that's ten straight carries of eight yards a carry. I, I don't think we should give it to them anymore. They're going to figure it out eventually. And then if you anti- like if you're trying to make the anticipatory moves, and you're just that's called being afraid. If you take your pitcher out because you think that they're going to start hitting him, you are being a you're you're afraid and you're setting the the, the scared tone instead of just saying no. I'm going to send my best guy out there. You know what? If he goes and has to pitch a full nine to dominate the opponent to get the win, and he has to miss his next start because of it, then so be it. But you know, the Cowboys said this during a broadcast last year too: is that what drives him nuts is when managers make a decision in tonight's game to try and win a game months from now. You if. If you don't win now, the games months from now don't matter. If you don't win now, that could keep, you know, everyone's like, we got to stay fresh, you know, in case they make the playoffs. Well, if you don't win now, <laughs> that could be what keeps you from the playoffs. So when the Cowboys said, you got to, every decision you make has to be about winning and winning now because fans will forgive you. 
if you know you lose because of injuries down the stretch. Mm. Now they'll come up with, oh, you ran his arm into the ground like we do with Dusty Baker, and you know th- that type of deal. But the bottom line is, is you play to win the game and you play to win now. When you play to try to win down the road, down the road, you're not promising you're even going to be in the position that you are right now. Keep trying to win now. Uh, but yeah, with Degrom, I guarantee you, it's oh, it's early in the season. We don't want to run their arms into the ground. The first game. And by the way, Luis Castillo <laughs> did pitch deep into the ball game, but that's because he had such an efficient day today too. I'm okay with pitch counts. I'm okay with about that hundred pitch range. Uh, you got to think. You got to be averaging about fifteen pitches an inning. You know, if you get about 15, 30, 45, 60, 75, 90, 105. If you, I mean, I like my pitchers, starting pitchers, to go into the seventh inning. And then you have the eighth and ninth. Then, you know, you get seven innings out of your starter, middle relief pitcher coming into the eighth, and you have your closer to close it out of the ninth. You could average about 15 pitches an inning. That's pretty, that's how you're going to get to that seventh inning. Some guys are in the hundred, almost knocking on the hundred pitch door by the time they get into the fifth. I have no problem if David Bell pulls him for that. But there were so many times last year and the year before, Kev, where Sonny Gray would be rolling at like 58 pitches and he's being taken out in the seventh. And we're like, what are you doing? Like he's rolling. He has so many more pitches to go. It's just the anticipation. Yank is what I do not like when it comes to that. So there you go. It's the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash presented by Kirkland and Summers. So Reds fans, we're going to step aside. When we come back, I want to hear from you. 457-9464. I mean, am I overreacting? I know it's only six games. But if they were one and five, you'd bury them. You would bury them. So if you bury them when they're one and five, why would you not go crazy when they're five and one? That doesn't make any sense. It just proves that we always have to find a problem with something. Oh, they're five and one. Yeah, but it's early. Talk to me in June. Oh man, they're one and five. I knew this team sucked. Like no one was saying, oh, they're they're one and five. Like Pirates fans today aren't saying, oh, they're one and five. But hey, you know, talk to me in June. They'll be good in June. No, they're freaking out, man. They're already putting the nail in the coffin on the season. So the Reds are five and one, plus thirty one in run differential. Reds fans, should we be excited? I am. I, I'm the most negative person in the world. Four five seven nine four six four. We'll take your calls when we come back. Let's hear it, Reds fans. There are many ways to catch the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on fourteen ten ESPN Radio weekdays from three to six p.m. You can catch it live right here on fourteen ten Wing AM, or you can stream the show at wingam.com. But now we have another way that you can take in the show. You can now watch the Justin Kinner Show with. All right, we are back. I'm Justin Kenner. He's Kev Nash. It's the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash, presented by Kirkland and Summers right here on Dayton's home of the Cincinnati Reds, 1410 Wing AM. Right now, the Cincinnati Reds, you know, they hit, they came into this matchup today leading the league in runs with 46 runs. That was before their 11 runs today. That now puts them at 57 runs right now. So the total runs on the season has not been updated, but a, as far as a plus 31 run differential, uh, I mean, just bludgeoning their opponents. I joked on Twitter earlier, I said, you know what's going to be funny when the Reds do return to normal and they start beating opponents just four to three or <laughs> or you know five to three or four to two. We're going to feel like they're underperforming. We're going to feel like oh man, this team fell asleep. They're falling asleep offensively. The only problem, if there is a problem that I have with the way they're playing right now, is like this isn't normal. Even the best, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball, at least on paper. The Yankees, you know, pretty good as well. They will not finish the season with numbers like what the Reds are putting up right now. So enjoy this run. I do think that the Pirates have helped propped up some of these numbers as well. I mean, the Pirates, they are atrocious, but, uh, you know, two games over this five game win streak were against the Cardinals, and that is one of the best 
you know, clubs in baseball, at least from an organization standpoint, player standpoint, it's a different level that you're playing than the Pirates. But I do need fans just to remember that when they do return to normal on the West Coast and they're winning three to one or four to three or even losing four to three, it's not that they've all of a sudden become bad offensively. It's just that they're now normal offensively, averaging nearly nine runs a game right now. That's not normal. Uh, the last two years, three years, the 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 highest runs average team in baseball was about five or six runs a game. So that's that's the thing right now. Running averaging about nine runs a game. Even if you get down to that four to five to six runs a game average, you're still going to be thinking, man, we're just not hitting the ball as well as what we did to start. But I threw out the question uh, before going to the break about. Is it too? I keep hearing too many fans trying to da- to water down the Reds' success early. It's only six games. You heard David Shaw earlier. He chimed in on Facebook. R-E-L-A-X. You know, if the Reds are one in five, I'd be saying the same thing. Yeah, they're hitting, but damn, it's six games. Plus, they just swept the Pirates. Blah blah blah. We've heard it all. Everyone's going to try and hate on the Reds and try to downplay it. My counter to that was: if they were one in five, we would bury them. If they were one in five, we would not be giving them the benefit of the doubt, saying, "Well, they're one in five to start." But I mean, it's a long season. Now, technically, it would be a long season, and we would be wrong for burying them at one and five. But we would bury them at one and five. So, if we would bury them at one and five, we need to be excited that they're five and one. It's about the now. React to the now. Live in the now. And this Reds team is the hottest team in baseball to start. And the big narrative about this team is how atrocious they are to start the season. So they flipped that narrative. Let's enjoy it. But Reds fans, am I being a little bit too optimistic? Am I a little too excited? How are you feeling about this team? Have you bought in yet? Are you are, are you as pumped about this red start to the season as I am? Four five seven nine four six four. Kev, who we got first? We got Scott. Scott, kick us off, man. How are you? Hey, how's it going, Justin and Kev? Hey, Good. Uh, I'd say carpe diem, baby. Let's enjoy it while we can. Right. We've had to suffer through so many seasons. If you can't enjoy them when they're winning, when are you going to enjoy it? And, 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 What's it? No, and, and to counter that too, it's like you're right. You know, if, if when when can you love on them? Because honestly, they could be kicking ass well into June, Scott, and we could still say, well, it's only June. There's still July, August, and September left. Like, at what point are you allowed to enjoy success of a team? Because if we don't enjoy it now, and then if they do do what some people are going to think is that they're going to hit a wall, then we're going to go from not enjoying when they were winning to being miserable if they start losing, and then it's like we never enjoyed any of this at all. I don't think that there's any harm whatsoever in putting forth a lot of effort and excitement, even if it is just six games. They're kicking ass right now. They're not just winning. They're bludgeoning teams, and that's what's impressive. Well, and at the end of the season, if you are a playoff team, you have to sweep the bad teams. That's called being a playoff team. The other thing I wanted to talk about before you hang up on me real quick is uh, our manager, he is a disruptor. He is very much someone who does not let players play with rhythm and confidence. The minute somebody's having a bad day or two, they're off. And, I mean, players need to play through that. I mean, if you have a 20-game slump, yeah, give them a day off. But, you know, Suarez needs to work into his rhythm. Our manager's crap. Well, uh, hold on. I, now, usually I'm on the Bash David Bell train, okay? But I'm going to be patient. I'm always on it. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. I'm usually, I, I'd usually be right there. At, hell, I'm usually driving the bus when it comes to that. But keep in mind, I don't know. I didn't hear at any point what the reason for Suarez being out was. Because not only does he need to be in the lineup to kind of keep it going from an offensive standpoint, but he's playing a different position. He's playing shortstop and he's exactly. already one of the league leaders in, in committing errors at that position right now. So he needs as many, you know, reps out there as far as that goes. And then the other thing I heard the Cowboy and some other broadcasters say throughout is, man, 
David Bell, it's very important that he gets Winker and some of these guys some at-bats. You know, you don't need to get them. If, if they had their responsibility, they had the opportunity to swing a hot bat coming into the season. The guys that are swinging the hot bat now, you ride it until they cool off, and then, then you don't just cut them out. You kind of let them play through it like you said. You're saying let them play through some of the struggles, and I'm saying let them play through some of the highs as well because I think David Bell's That's done right. a good job of le- He's left the order alone so far six games in. Yeah, there's been tweaks here and there. I'm not a big fan of the Suarez thing, but again, when David Bell makes decisions that result in Reds wins, who am I? to critique it, but when he, all he did was lose for the first couple of seasons, I wasn't going to sit there and praise him. That's what Reds fans were getting frustrated with me about, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be patient with David Bell for just a little bit. Right now, they're winning and playing well, but I'm usually with you with where you're at mentally right now. You remember, you remember when he pulled Miley out the other night and what was the very first pitch that the reliever pitched? It was a home run. The Pirates chatted out of the park. They, I'm, I'm sorry. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't He's a he's a rhythm buster. He's a confidence destroyer, and uh, if the Reds make the playoffs, it will be in spite of his oh, wow. terrible management. Wow, that's a, that's a, look, and I'm only smiling while you're saying these things is because usually I'm saying the exact same things you are. I'm just trying to be more positive. He's no well. Lou or no Sparky. Trust Hell, me. he's no Dusty Baker. I'll take Dusty Baker any day, but I gotta you're be right I gotta be kind here because I do think David Bell's a great person and he's winning right now, and that's all that matters. And he got yeah. into the playoffs last year, even though it was kind of a back you know underhanded way to get him there. The back you know the back door way, extra team you know got him in there. But the point is he got him there. But uh, all we remember is what they not, we don't remember that they got there. We remember what they did when they got there, which was a whole lot of nothing. So, But this is a great way to counter that, man. Go Reds. We're going to go undefeated the rest of the season. There we go. I love the negativity followed up with the Go Reds. There you go. Take care, man. 457-9464. How are you feeling about the season, Reds fans? What's your gut telling you? I'm not willing to beat up on David Bell yet. Yes, I, I don't like that Suarez wasn't in the lineup today. Actually, it's not that I don't like that he wasn't in the lineup. I don't like that he wasn't out on the field. And I know that you have Kyle Farmer, and you have guys that you want to give reps to, but the bottom line, like, my big thing is what happens when Shogo Akiyama comes back? Because right now you have Castellanos, uh, you have Naquin, you also have Winker, uh, you also have Nick Senzel. What, that's four outfielders who are all hitting the ball really well. Uh, Winker hasn't got a ton of at-bats because he's felt under the weather going back to the Cardinals series, and we haven't seen him since. But keep in mind that when Shogo Akiyama is healthy enough to play, what do you do? You have five outfielders. Shogo's going to be the, the, you know, kind of the, the weak man out a bit, but that's going to be because he hasn't really got any true at-bats, you know, slow start to the season. So, I, David Bell has a, he has a lot of juggling to do, but I am concerned about the decisions he's going to make with that that could, you know, ruin this. My problem with David Bell is at times I do think he approaches it. It's a 162 game season. We have plenty of time. And you you have plenty of time, but whenever the allotted time that you're experimenting and losing, you're shooting yourself in the foot and you're canceling out the rest of the time that you're trying to get to. That's my biggest concern. But right now, I'm all about the now. 457-9464. Are you saying it's only six games? Who cares? Don't get too excited. Or are you saying, damn it, we've waited a long time to see this Reds team show some flair, some energy, some personality, and oh yeah, win. They're doing all of those things. I say, yes, it's only six games, but you know what? This has been the best six-game stretch that I've watched since they blew this thing up back when they had Cueto, Leak, for, uh, you know, Phillips, and everyone else. So I'm having a blast, even if it just is six games. Kev, who's up next? We got Ray. Ray, thanks for holding, man. How are you? Ray? Hey, I'm great. Thanks oh, for having me. Absolutely, man. How do you feel about this team? Are you are you riding high, or are you just like, okay, Ken, or just slow, you know, slow your roll a bit? I'm like any, you know... Great Reds fan, you know, we've been watching the product they put out on the field for the last five years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you like you love to see the winning, but 
you know, are they going to hold up against the tough teams, the guys that got pitchers, that got depth? Are they going to hold up against the guys that know how to hit and stand in there and go run for run with them and, you know, maybe steal one at the end of the night or hold on to a lead, you know, against tough teams? We've seen them implode in the past, so Red fans are sticking in there waiting to see how we're going to play against the tough teams. So you're, what you're saying is, uh, Ray, is that you are being cautiously optimistic that you're, you know, you're enjoying it, but you're, you're not willing to invoke, you're not willing to invest emotionally into this so far because you're still wanting to see a little bit more. And, I, and I'm with you, by the way. Do I think that this is the best team? In, I mean, statistically right now, they're the hottest team in baseball, but I don't think you've heard me once say that this is the best team in baseball. They still have a lot of flaws. And when you put up nine, ten runs a game, it's easy to hide a lot of those flaws. Those flaws are going to be exposed when you're in much tighter games you know how, how does this team respond when they trail you know we saw them kind of almost come back against the cardinals in game one but they've just been dominating opponents ever since then but here's who they have coming up right uh they're you know this the six game west coast trip that they, they struggle on the west coast you know we're going to learn a lot about them over the next week and a half they're three at arizona three at san francisco i know it's not two of the best teams in baseball but san francisco's two and three to start right now arizona two and three those are winnable series and i think the reds need to prove that they could take the, this streak and take on the road right are we going to have the resilience are we going to i think we lost a cliffhanger are we going to have what ray are you still there ray no i'm there we go there you go all right so the last thing you said was are they going to have the resilience are they going to have and then you cut off so pick up from there yeah are they going to you know be able to hang in there on those tough road trips Uh, you know seven eight you know nine games in and still have the stamina still have the go power still have the mental toughness say hey we got to get this second game in here still two out of three you know that's what we're waiting to see is nope, are the reds going to be tough are they going to be resilient are they going to hang in there or are we going 500 or better again no, I'm with you. And the good thing is, is look, Arizona's not playing. I mean, they're two and three to start the season. Uh, San Francisco's two and three to start the season. Guess what? They got Cleveland at home. They're two and three to start the season. Then they got Arizona again. Uh, and then they got the Cardinals. This is where, like, they got to do some damage here in the first three weeks of the season. Cause here's how they close it out, Ray. They have three with the Cardinals at St. Louis and St. Louis is pissed off. They felt they got embarrassed. They don't like that Castellanos showed up one of their guys. Like, that's going to be a fun series in St. Louis. Then they got three at the Dodgers. They could potentially run into former foe, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer, which could be interesting. But the Dodgers are the best team in baseball, at least on paper right now, defending World Series champs. That's going to be a, a, a very defining series right there. And then from there, you go right into the Cubs and the White Sox. Four very tough series to close out the month of April heading into May. So they're going to, we're going to learn about them, but they got to take care of business against these winnable teams here in the next two weeks. Yeah. But all right, right. We got to hang in there with them and just keep rooting for them and keep uh, supporting those Reds because you know we got a bunch of young guys and we want to see them. Uh, we want to see them succeed, so we're behind them. Right. Thank you, man. Appreciate the call. Appreciate it. Four five seven nine four six four. It's the Justin Kinner show with Kev Nash right here on fourteen ten ESPN Radio. Eleven to four, the final. The Reds continue their win streak now at five uh, after losing on opening day. Eleven to six. Uh, the Reds have won five straight, taking two or three from the Cardinals, sweeping the Pirates. And again, I don't want to hear that it's just the Pirates. 
sweeping a team is hard. Sweeping a bad team is hard. They just swept a bad Pirates team, but in the process of putting up double-digit runs in three of their last four games, including uh, it could have almost been four of the last five because they even won a game nine to six. I mean, they were one run away from double-digit runs against the Cardinals early on. This team's playing great. I don't want to hear that, oh, it's too early. But if you do believe it's too early, convince me why it's too early to buy into this team because I, I've said it a million times. If they're one and five, we're burying them. They're five and one. If you could bury them at one and five, you could marry them. I was trying to come up with something that can rhyme. But you could, if you could bury them at one and five, you could marry them at five and one. How about that? Who we got next, Kev? We got Scott from Kettering. Scott and Kettering, how are you, sir? Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, good to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Like, this, this is crazy, man. Like, uh, I bought a house last year uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. So, like, yay me, right? Uh, absolutely. I've been waiting, like, a whole year. To, have, to be able to use my big screen TV that I tweeted yesterday when I was watching you guys on YouTube. Oh, there we go. baseball game. And, you know, I, we got our generic store brand cereal box season last year. Now we got a regular season that's actually worth something. You know, I'm amped. Like, I'm annoying my coworkers with Let's Go Reds all day. Like, th- this is where we are in, in this fandom. And I understand some people may not be Reds fans first. They may be more football fans and the season, the baseball season, just something they do, you know, in the meantime. But we're near the end of, like, this horrible thing where we've been kept inside, like, for, all, for like, a year. We can actually tangibly see fans in the stands. We have an exciting team to go watch. This should be something to celebrate, regardless if they're 5-1, and 4-2, and 3-3, you know, whatever. I mean, grand, 5-1 and one is a lot better than those other things. I think 5-1 is better than 1-5, but still, you know, we have a team that's, putting in the effort to win, each win is going to build confidence. So when we get to the Dodgers, the Brewers, the Cardinals again, they're going to know, like, they'll have that, quote, muscle memory, I guess. Like, hey, this is what we need to do to win this game and be able to push further than what they normally do instead of just kind of lollygag through the season like they do during the losing seasons. Heck, my dad is looking forward to Red's Fest, which is until December, to rep his Dragons Green down there. Like, this is where we are right now. This is crazy. No, I mean, and again, it's only six games. I get that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's like what you said. This is a team that has lost for so long. And like last year, mm-hmm. I'm willing to call it a playoff season. But man, they they got into the playoffs because of a very hot streak in the final two and a half weeks of the season. But it was painful for the entire 60-game stretch. Or I should say for the 45-game stretch of horrible baseball was painful. Of winning right. a couple and then losing quite a few and then winning a few to get you. It's like they, they would lead you on. They would play hard to get. And I don't like hard to get. I'm not patient enough for hard to get. And then you went on vacation. <laughs> then what happened? Then I went on vacation, and I had to you know, experience a hurricane and experience the Reds going on quite the win streak and getting into the postseason. And then when they got there, they reminded everybody why the first 45 games was so tough. Uh, but, you know, Scott, the thing is, is right now we've waited to see this kind of life from this Reds team because I can't tell you the last time we saw this kind of life. Even during that win streak last year, we didn't see this energy, this excitement, this personality. And that's what this Reds team needs, and I think that they're on to something here. I'll tell you the last time I saw this energy, 2010. Like that throw uh, that India pivoted and threw to the plate for the out, that reminded me of that game against the Cardinals where Ramon Hernandez caught that ball right at the end of the game for that third out, and he held that ball like squeezing it, yeah, you know, just screaming his head off. I'm like, that's that energy, and it's April. It, it, I mean, we're not even to Jackie Robinson Day yet. Like if they can keep this energy up, 
even with David Bell being all stoic and everything, he actually looks like he's aged five years. I said that the other day. He was up there. Because like, uh, uh, when David Bell was hired, he came on the show with Schlemmer and I. And uh, I remember, you know, we met him about two weeks later at Reds Fest. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we met him. And I saw a picture the other day of us. And I'm like, man, David Bell looked super young. And right now when you see him, he just looks like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, but you're right. That has aged him. But, hey, Scott, we're out of time, man. I appreciate you calling. And thank you for watching on YouTube, by the way. I didn't realize this was... The, the Scott that tech, or that tweeted into the show yesterday. So thank you for it, that. It, it is. It's me. It's me and, and my dad rapping Dragon Green Man. We love it. Keep up the good work. Hey, thank you. Take Thanks, care. Scott. All right, four five seven nine four six four. That's the number to call in and join in on the conversation. I like it, Reds fans. It's nice. Like everyone's like Kenner's Mister Negativity, and here I am combating negativity. I am not going to stand for it. They're five and one. This is why I tell people all the time, Kev. I get mad at UD fans and Bengals fans and any fan base that thinks that I hate on their team. I tell them what I'm doing now is. I mean, I'm proving it, Kev. When you're bad. And when you play bad, I'm going to tell you, hey, you're, you're bad and you're playing bad. And when you play good, guess what? I'm going to tell you you're playing good. Hell, I ripped David Bell all the time last year. Guess what I've done today? I've defended David Bell. I've said, no, when David Bell's decisions are leading to Red's victories, who am I to say anything? But people ask you, like, oh, you're just a hater. You just like to complain. No, the team was not good. They didn't play well last year. And, and David Bell lost them a lot of one-run games last year. They held the last two ever since he's been here. Who am I to complain about a manager that has the team playing the hottest baseball in baseball right now? When you play well, I'm going to call it like it is. When you play bad, I'm going to call it like it is. You just got to get used to it. By the way, David Shalkev says, I wasn't trying to hate on them. I was just pointing out that it's six games. Oh, wow. Thank you, David. Wow. I mean, if it wasn't for you and Sesame Street, I wouldn't know how to count. I mean, I can count on you to remind me how many games. Thank you so much. And he goes on to say, but as usual, you blow your blood pressure over nothing. Man. Y'all know the routine. Put those uh, pill emojis in the comments on Facebook. That comeback was about as bad as the Pirates right there. Holy smokes. That was pretty embarrassing. All right. 457-9464. Kev, who is our first caller when we come back? Bob. Bob, be patient, my friend. You are our first caller on the other side of this break. Just It'll be about a few minutes. We'll be right back. Reds fans, we're only six games in, thanks to Shaw, because, I mean, I don't have a statistician, but luckily he was there to remind me that we're only six games in. Is it okay to be excited about the Reds' six game start, five and one start, plus 31 run differential. It's the most runs they've had through six games, uh, I believe, since like in the early 2000s. I mean, like this team is rolling right now. It's it's fun to be a Reds fan, even if it's for six games. Because if the Reds go one and five their next six, at least we're always going to have this five and one start. And we'll always remember it. There we go. 457-9464. Reds fans, we'll be back in a moment. Opportunity to win a thousand dollars. It's the Swing for the Fences thousand dollar a day giveaway. Each hour starting at 6 a.m. All right, we are back. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash, presented by Kirkland and Summers. Shout out to Dennis Train, watching us live on YouTube. He says, go Reds. Uh, I love the people that are watching on YouTube. I love all the people that watch and listen, by the way. But I love watching the, the people that are really taking advantage of the fact that we are live on YouTube every day. My bosses are on me all the time. They're always nagging me all the time because, you know, it's never ne- nothing's ever good enough. You know, we get the Facebook stuff, lot, you know, rolling, get a lot of engagement there. But it's never good enough. Then they're like, Justin, what about YouTube? I'm like, what about YouTube? YouTube. Who cares about you? They care about YouTube, and now I care about YouTube, and now you should care about YouTube. So head to YouTube. I'm begging you, because my boss, he's always yelling at me. I need you to get him off my back. So if you can go to YouTube and subscribe to the 1410 Wing AM YouTube channel, ESPN Dayton's YouTube channel, I would be on to appreciate it. Now, 
probably a lot of you that don't like me. You're like, I'm purposely not going to go like it so that Kenner can keep getting yelled at. I appreciate that energy. Uh, but uh, no, I don't actually. Just please be a good sport. Come on. Come on. Head to YouTube. I'm begging you. You have no idea how much you'd be helping me. It's the least you could do. I, I don't ask for much. I don't ask for much. I'm a good sport. I, I People name call me all the time. I show up to work every day. They tell me how much they hate me every day. I show up to work every day. You should, If you follow me on Twitter, I mean, why I even go on Twitter is beyond me. I mean, it's like I wake up and say, man, I can't wait to be called names today, and I go to Twitter. I'm a good sport. I can handle it. I know that I could dish it out, so I take it. Now, people say, oh, your blood pressure gets all high, blah, 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 blah. I'm here, ain't I? I'm here, ain't I? I ain't going nowhere, which probably upsets a couple of you. But keep in mind, I really am begging you. You don't like me, but you like Kev. Kev, can you do me a favor? Ask them. A- ask them. Hey, everybody. Need you guys to do us a small little favor. Follow us on YouTube. Watch the show on YouTube as well. You know, share it with your people. And most importantly, you know, that good thumbs up. That thumbs up helps the algorithms, helps people watch the show and everything like that. Not only does Justin get nagged by the bosses, but me too. Even I get nagged by the bosses about You get nagged at the bosses things. about You're going to really let Kenner say those things on the air? Like, that you is also trouble. true. That is also true. I'm responsible for everything he does. So, you know, help me out. Help me by helping him, by helping you. The help boss us all. actually told Kevin that if I ever say something that bad again <laughs> on the air, that he will be fired before me because Kevin will be blamed for it. Because I'm not hitting the dump button. Because you're enough. exactly. So you got to get your stuff together. Um, so so there is that. But uh, no, there we go. You know. So anyways. But no, Dennis Train says, go Reds. Yes, go Reds. How about that? Ron Howard says, I'm glad that the Reds are hot right now. That means that we won't have to hear a bunch of Browns crap. <laughs> Go Browns. Just, to, you know, just go Browns. You know, there's there's that. The Reds are, hey, the Reds are more like the Browns than the Bengals. They win. So uh, there you go. Go Browns. What? Nothing. <laughs> and there are Bengals fans who are heading to like the, the YouTube. Just ruined it. And they just ruined it. All right, 457-9464. We are six games into the season. The Reds are 5-1. and one. I'm being told, do slow down, Kenner. It's just six games. Stop being excited. I feel like you. if that's you, you're a miserable human being. At what point are you allowed to get excited? Because if the Reds are kicking ass well into June, are you still going to be saying... Oh, it's only June. It's only three months. You know, it's only six games, and then it's it's only three months into the season. There's still three months of season left. It's always going to be something. And then it's you know what will happen? I, I witnessed it with the Browns, Kevin. You are a witness to this. When I said, to, you know, two years ago, I predicted they were going to win the division. The Reds didn't even make the playoffs, right? <laughs> Everyone ripped them, said they can't even make the playoffs. They can't even make the playoffs. They're a joke. They're a joke. At least the Bengals made the playoffs five straight years. The Bengals, the Bengals are better still, blah, blah, blah. And then what happened, Kev? What happened? Then the Browns made the playoffs. But as they were winning to get to the playoffs, they were a 9-win team, then a 10-win team, then an 11-win team. And then it was, oh, yeah, 11 wins, but you barely beat the Steelers' backups. It's like you guys keep moving the goalposts. Then the Browns make the playoffs. Yeah, good luck getting – you're not going to beat the Steelers in the playoffs. And then you beat the Steelers in the playoffs. And then what would you do? Oh, yeah, well, you know, it was a bad Steelers team. You're not going to beat the Chiefs. The Browns almost beat the Chiefs, and everyone's like, see, you suck. You couldn't beat the Chiefs. That's That's what miserable people do. And that's what the miserable people are trying to do with the Reds. Reds are five and one. Oh yeah, I bet they can't go six and one. Then they'll go six and one. Oh, it's only seven games. Let's see where they're at ten games in. Then they'll be nine and one. Oh yeah? Well, I bet the eleventh game they're no good in the eleventh. Stop. You're a miserable SOB. Like, why do you gotta be like that? Like, just enjoy the now. Because as I said, if they're one and five, everyone's saying, Man, the Reds suck. Told you the Reds suck. The Reds are horrible. Castellinis don't care about winning. Burr, 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 burr. 
five and one, hottest team in baseball, plus thirty one run differential. You have rookies hitting the snot out of the ball. You have veterans hitting the snot out of the ball. You have Castellanos who's literally doing the Hulk Hogan macho man taunt right in front of, of opponents as he slides into home to steal. I love it. I, you know, Amir Garrett sure he gives up a grand slam, but I've never seen a cooler person give up a grand slam than the way he did today. As I mean, I love it. They are the bat flipping, showboating sons of guns, and I absolutely love what the Reds are doing five games in. Four five seven nine four six four. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Should we be? Am I overreacting to the Reds start? That's what I want to know. Kev, who we got? We got Bob. Bob, thanks for holding, my friend. How are you? You know what? I, 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 hey, Kev, I was so excited by getting on. What does he do? He starts talking about the Browns. That's he Ron's fault. Start, it's Ron's you know fault. What? He had to start talking about them. Why? <laughs> Why? I thought we were talking to Reds. I wasn't going to bring up no Bengal stuff. It, you got to blame Ron. Don't blame me. It was Ron's oh fault. My God. Oh, my God. Anyway. But I made I, very I, good I, points, and that's what you're mad about. No, I, I agree with you. A okay. thousand percent. First of all, <laughs> normally at this time, the Reds are out of it by the end of May. So why wouldn't you be excited? Of course you should be excited. And the way they're hitting the ball, be excited about that. Because, first of all, you know, scoring nine, ten runs a game, that's not going to last. There's going to come a, a period of time where they're mm-hmm. going to run into a little saloon where, where nobody's hitting. So enjoy it now. And really, it's, it's like putting cash in the bank. The more wins you get now, when you have the bad times, you can ride them out because you're doing so well early. So who wouldn't be excited? But, again, you know, it, it's, it's amazing when you listen to some of the people here in this area, and there probably are some of the Bengal fans, and, you know, just down on everything. Just stop it. Just stop. enjoy what we have right now. The Reds are doing good. David Bell's not messing nothing up right now. <laughs> so enjoy it, man. So enjoy it. That's where I am. So I agree with you 100%. And that doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often when we agree. But, I mean, it's like it's – I know I'm a pretty negative person, but I'm like, what's there to be negative about? This team has a plus 31 run differential. They're 5-1. and one. Two of the three wins they got against – or they, they took two or three from the Cardinals. They didn't just beat a bad Pirates team. They bludgeoned a bad Pirates team. And that's what you would expect from a good team. The Dodgers, if they play the Pirates, you would expect that they should sweep the Pirates. There's no reason why they shouldn't. They are that good. So when you sweep a bad team, that's a good thing. I don't care if it's just the Pirates. It's, it's you swept the pie. It's tough to sweep any opponent, good or bad, in baseball. Absolutely. And I remember before this series even started, you remember you mentioned that the thing we don't want to see, we don't want to see the Reds uh, uh, win one and lose two yep. or lose three. Or, you know, you at least go two and one, at least win the series. And what did they do? They swept. So who couldn't be excited about that? And if you can't be excited about that, you know what? You're just a negative person. You need to stay in the house in the basement. Don't even come out and enjoy the day. So just as. Mark this day down, Kev. Mark it down. Me and Justin are grand, man. Got it. <laughs> I'll even that? give you a who day. How about that? that that's how much <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll give you a who day. That's that's the winning spirit I'm in right now. When one wins, we all win, baby. How about that? <laughs> there we go. Absolutely. Have a good one, guys. Take Later. care, Bob. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> See, April seventh, twenty twenty one. You know, I'm I'm not like I don't make a lot of friends during football season. In basketball season, I don't, I just make enemies. Like I don't make a lot of friends during football season. I do nothing but make enemies during basketball season. But baseball, man, it's the it's the you know it's the time of love and giving and caring. Man, gotta love it. You absolutely gotta love it. Um, how about so again? More comments coming in on YouTube. I love the YouTube people. I love everybody, but I love the YouTube people. I don't even, and I love the name of this guy, Kozar Kozar Newsom. So there you go. He says, "Go Browns and Cards." You know what? 
I'm fine. Go Cards. Reds took two or three from the Cards. I feel bad for you. You're embarrassed. Go Cards. But you said go Browns. I'm all about the go Browns. Shout out to him. Tim Cockrell on Facebook, Kev, says, I'm loving the start to the season. Hope they they have a good West Coast trip because that's what I'm worried about too. Tim, I'm very worried about the West Coast because they they historically don't play well on the West Coast. He goes on to say, Kev, I'm treating this like the Browns season last year, loving it, but waiting for the other shoe to drop. Tim, I would be lying if I wasn't if I didn't feel those same things during the Brown season, even as they kept winning, I'm like, I kept finding reasons to not enjoy the win at times. I'm like, yeah, they won, but Baker only threw for 180 yards. Remember, Cab? I mean, they were winning, and they, hell, yes, you, were, was here. you were defending the Browns, and I was there ripping the Browns. Say, so, you know, I was being that negative Nancy, like everyone's being with the Reds. Well, most people are being with the Reds right now. Um, but I'm not doing that. But, but the thing is, though, Cab, if the Browns were winning in dominating fashion, and their quarterback was throwing for 300 yards a game, and they're running, well, the running game, we know how good the running game is, and the defense was shutting everyone out. There was nothing, to, then there was nothing to bitch about with the Browns, but the Browns were winning, but there was still a lot to complain about and not feel good about. Baker throwing for 180 yards a game in those wins. I was like, well, that's fine. You could win some of those games like that, but you're not going to beat the best of the best. You're never, you're not going to win in the playoffs or make a Super Bowl run if your quarterback's averaging 180 yards a game. So I felt like I had the right to do, but with the Reds, they're averaging nine-plus runs a game. They've put up 50-plus runs in the first six games of the season. I mean, what else can you ask for? The Reds, uh, I mean, I, I'm all about it. So uh, Nolan Russell on Facebook says, Go Reds, haters going to hate. And he gave the middle f- or No, no, that's a that's a thumb, not a middle finger. <laughs> see, I'm all negative. Everything I see is always like the bad. Now, I wish to, is there a middle finger emoji? Yes. Oh, really? Is there one? Yes. I gotta find that. <laughs> I haven't been living until now. Now that I know there's a middle finger emoji, uh, Kozar says Reds fan negativity. You don't say. Uh, absolutely, my favorite two Browns. LOL. Absolutely, gotta love the name. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Kev, who's up next? We got Shaw. Oh, Shaw! How are you, Shaw? I was fine until you wanted to act like an ass. Oh, now come on! You're gonna come. Who's sensitive now? Who needs the blood pressure medication? You could call it. You're gonna act like an ass. What's wrong with you, Shaw? Because you take every little thing I say out of context and you blow it into proportion like it's some World War Three comment. First of all, first of all, I'm not about war. I'm about peace. And second of all, okay. No, second of all, no, 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 no. Hold up. You get all. You're calling in. I, I could tell you're upset. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with Shaw. You just seem a little. Look, I think you need you, the blood pressure that pills. What me? You? Me? What I do? I'm just sitting here being me. I'm me every yeah, day. For the last six months, no matter what I say, you have to twist and turn it into something that it, it actually isn't even in. But you got to call in and get all up in your feelings for Shaw. You know, you like I appreciate you. Because you I know mean, that. No, I just you don't... don't appreciate nothing but, but uh, chaos. That's what you appreciate. Oh, chaos. Chaos. Now, listen, you, you're the one talking to me like it's an episode of Sesame Street. One, two, three. Oh. Like, what is wrong with you? I know that it's only six you, games. You don't got to remind me that it's only six games. I'm not blowing anything out of proportion. I'm enjoying the Reds' win streak, and there you are just trying to poo-poo on the parade, Mr. Chaos. I'm not poo-pooing on anything. I'm just saying hold the brakes for a minute. Who holds you the brakes? You mean pump you, the brakes? Have you played Have you played the Dodgers yet? No. No. They played the Cardinals. I'd say Brewers that's pretty good. Yet? Have you played the Brewers yet? No. Have you played the Phillies yet? No. Have you played the Mets yet? No. I understand that you can only play what's in front of you. I get all that. 
I understand all that. I'm not saying be. Ha I'm not saying to not be happy. I'm not what are you saying then? Because I have no clue. Because I am happy what that they're five and one to start. I have five and one to start. You're like, oh, hold the brakes, which doesn't make what sense. I'm I think you meant to say pump the brakes. Blow it out of proportion. I'm not. How, what am I? What have I done that's blown? What have I blown out of proportion? You're acting like this team is going to go on and go on some magical run. And when, when did I say that? For failure. When, when did I say that? What you're doing is a, you're doing the typical Kenner. You're setting it up for when May. Now you can twist it around and throw some curveball in there and say it's Bell's fault. It's this. It's that. And it, 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 it might be lineup. if they start losing games because he's pulling guys too early or shaking up the lineup like he hasn't been six games in. Then it might be. That's not me pulling a Kenner. That's just called using common sense. I can see why that's a problem with you, Shaw. But I don't know why you got to call in and start calling they names and calling me an ass. No, 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 right no. There. You started it. Yeah, I'm sounding sense. like a five-year-old now. You called me an ass, so I, you're lucky I'm still letting you hang out on the air a little bit after calling me a name to start things off. I'm in a damn good mood today. My Reds are 5-1, and one, and they're about to win a World Series. How's that for overreacting? You've already overreacted. You overreacted every time the Browns come out of your mouth. The Browns won. They won a playoff game. They made it to the playoffs and won a playoff game after everyone told me they weren't. Excuse me for being happy. What, no, let me guess, Shaw. Oh, they've made the playoffs and won one playoff game. Let's let's pump no, the brakes. Let's hold me. the brakes. I'm sorry. Let's hold the brakes until me. they make it two years in a row. That ain't me. That ain't me. I never said that. That's you trying to put words in my mouth. Okay. I'm just saying calm down with the whole hyperbole like this is the greatest team known to man. This just, is the greatest team of all time. The greatest really? team ever. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not going to lose the rest of the way. So they're not going to – the runs per game is going to stay right there at 10. No, it's not going to stay. It's only going to go up. This is the greatest team of all time. Shaw, come on now. You, you, you're, you're, you're stretching this. You're trying too hard here to, to be Am upset. Am I really? Am yeah, I really? I, I really do. I think you kind of are. Okay. That, that's funny. That's funny. I am a comedian. They're, well, that might be said in other worlds, yes. All right, Sean, good, good talking to you. We'll talk later, man. Take care. 457-9464. What's up? Let me get this legal in. We're back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. All over the Reds winning. I'm in a good mood. Kev, there are certain days where you're looking at me like, oh, he's not in a good mood. This is going to be a long three-hour show. I expect to be called names on certain days. Today was not the day I expected that. I was actually being, this is what I get for being positive. I should have stuck to the typical kinner of, oh, the Reds are five and one, but it's only six games. No, 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 no. Negativity is, I'm not about that. I'm about being a realist. And what I'm being a realist about is the hottest team in baseball is the Reds. And by the way, Shaw, Gumby couldn't stretch that far. I never once said that this team was going to win a World Series. I was being a smartass with him on the phone a little bit. But, Kev, have I, when, at what point was I talking big picture? I just said for now, all I kept saying is if we're going to bury them at 1-5, and five, we got to praise them at 5-1. and one. And he came in all guns a blazing. I mean, oh my, my good oh, look, by the way, people are finding the middle finger emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Tolliver, he just has the middle finger just going there. <laughs> That's great. That is good stuff. I'm so glad that I learned that there's a middle finger emoji right there. Um, you know. Oh goodness. Ron Howard. I don't. What? I'm not even going to read that. Yeah. Did be you, careful. Did you? No. But like, I don't. I think I know what he's meaning to say. But this looks very strange. I'm not even going to read it. But the people on Facebook, you guys could. You know, Scott Campbell says, "Hey Shaw, the Reds can only play who is on their schedule right now. Enjoy the time that's happening now." Exactly, Scott. See, Scott gets it. Scott knows. Nolan Nolan Russell says World Series Ric Flair woo I like it see it's WrestleMania week too by the way brother uh, it's WrestleMania week I mean uh, and look oh look more middle fingers coming in gotta love it gotta <laughs> love it uh, David Shaw says glad I brought that out 
Oh, yeah. I love when the guys say, oh, yeah, never mind. Chase Carter, he says, there are plenty of Reds fans that are just as excited as you, Kenner. Hopefully us fans are just as excited after the West Coast swing. And you know what, Chase? Let's say that they struggle on the West Coast. That doesn't take away from what they're doing today. Like I, Kev, when we hit the airwaves right now, as the show started, it was in nothing but complete reaction to the Reds win over the Pirates, the sweep over the Pirates after taking two or three from the Cardinals. It is re- when we react, it's reacting to where they are at this point of the season. I haven't even put, I haven't even scheduled a topic. Like if you look at my rundown for the show today, we I don't, got to I yet. don't, I don't even have a rundown that a uh, topic on my rundown that says, man, the five and one to start World Series question mark. No, I didn't do no corny little headline like that. All I said was five and one. Is it okay to be excited about a five and one start? That was the question. And then Shaw had to, you know, like one of them little puffer fish, call, come in all puffed out, all angry, and all upset. Ay, ay, ay. But I like the passion. I do. All right. Four, five, seven, nine, four, six, four. Kev, who we got? We got Nick. Nick, how are you, my friend? Welcome. Uh, pretty good, man. Call um, me an ass, please. I'm begging you. Call me an ass. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> It's not that kind of cold, dude. <laughs> I am I am surprised you didn't know about the middle finger emoji. I thought you would have received droves from it now. <laughs> now. Now that you're getting them, that's going to be like a show inside joke, and you're probably going to get them forever now. I mean, I, I'm going to have people rate the show on a scale of one middle finger to ten. At the end, I need everyone there to rate go. the show. I, I'm with you. I think we're on to something <laughs> here, Nick. You should make it a shirt, man. <laughs> oh, you know who has that shirt, by the way? And he he made a lot of people mad. Do you remember Steve from Springboro? Yeah, he the double bar. Yeah, he would when he'd show up to Frickers for the Sunday morning show. I mean, if you think I'm an obnoxious Browns fan, he's worse. And when I say worse, I mean in a good way. But like, he wore this shirt that had the big middle finger on it that said, you know, something to the Steelers on it. I mean, it was absolutely not appropriate uh, for a public yeah. setting. But uh, but that's exact. He's just a walking billboard of the show. So there you go. <laughs> I uh, I really just called with a curious question. Um, did, you originated from Texas, didn't you? Uh, yes, from El Paso. So you're, you are a Cow, Cowboys fan, Browns fan. Yes. I, I'm curious why you hitched your bandwagon to the Reds and not the Indians. Uh, for, and you know that's even a good question, and, and thank you for the call, Nick. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Actually, when I grew up in Van Wert, I mean, I grew up in El Paso. I, you know, born there, uh, but I went to like middle school in Van Wert, graduated from Van Wert. But we we got we didn't get Reds games there. We had Indians games. Really? Right? That's what we got. Yeah. So it's actually, and I watched Indians games all the time. Like I, I you know, I actually when we'd get the video games, I was always the the Cleveland Indians. But when I moved here, when I st- started going to college right away, I had a bunch of friends that were Reds fans. So we used to go to Great American Ballpark all the time. And when I remember when I was a kid, uh, going to see Ken Griffey Jr. and I was a huge Ken Griffey Jr. fan at the time. So Ken Griffey Jr. is why I became a Red. And Ken Griffey Jr. as a Red was not even the Ken Griffey Jr. You right. know what I mean? So, but I started just being obsessed with the Reds because of Ken Griffey Jr. And then from that point on, it was just all Reds. But uh, no, thank you for asking. That's a good question because, you know, it is weird. You know, I navigate towards the Cleveland Browns, but uh, I don't like the Cincinnati. Look, when the, and I promise you this when the Cincinnati Bengals start winning and they're 11 and 5 and 12, actually, no, what would it be now? There'd be 13 and 13 and uh, what would the record be? Six or whatever. I don't know. How many games they play? 19, 25. I don't even know what the hell they're playing now. They keep increasing the, the total. Uh, but I'll come. Compliment the Bengals when they get to that point. But until then, <laughs> sticking to what I'm doing. 
But all right. It's the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, 457-9464, that's the number you can call in and join in on the conversation. There are people who have probably tuned in late into this that are probably just wondering what in the world is going on. Uh, but I like the passion. I like the excitement. Uh, this goes out. Shaw, I appreciate the call. I don't care that you called me a name. I don't care that you're all fired up and that you need that you need the the, the blood pressure medication today. I <laughs> you know I'm a fan of you, Shaw. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the show every day, uh, even though I don't like your takes half the time. But I don't think you like mine, and yet you still tune in every day. So there's that. I appreciate it. Kev, I need a breather. I'm gonna step away for a few moments. There's some callers on hold. We're gonna get to this. Uh, comes from Don Roberts on Facebook. He says I'm a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan as well. He's a reason. Why I actually watched baseball when I was younger. Did Junior have more home runs with the Reds or the Mariners? Uh, do 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 do. Got to be the Mariners, right? I, I would guess the Mariner. Hell, every time you want to know. By the way, the first three Reds games I went to to watch Griffey, he didn't start at any of them. I was ticked. Now I did in two of the three games that I got to go watch that he uh, did not start, and he did come in late to pinch hit late in games. But I was so ticked I couldn't wait to go to a game to watch Ken Griffey. The two of the first three games I went to, he didn't start for him. I was so ticked off, but I did get to see him both times. Randy Berthoff says all you have to do is get into the playoffs, is win your division, then anything can happen. So beating St. Louis and Pittsburgh has us looking great. I hope we do well on the West Coast, but it won't affect us doing well in the division. And Randy's right. All you got to do is win your division. And right now the Reds have a nice start. Again, they've accomplished nothing. I will give Shaw that. The Reds have accomplished nothing. But at the same time, the Reds have usually failed by this point in the last six straight Aprils. So I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. 457-9464. We'll continue taking your Reds reactions again right now. Everyone, there's some people that just think that Reds fans are overreacting to this. They're either as excited as Reds fans are. People are laughing at the Reds fans saying, oh, stop, it's only six games, you're overreacting. That ain't me. I'm Mr. Negativity, but I'm all about being positive about this start to the season. You could not have asked for a better season for the Cincinnati Reds. We'll be back in a moment. Hour three. Wait, what part of the show are we in? No, it's 5.15. See, I need Shaw to tell me what time it is, you know? He, Shaw needs to help me count, apparently. He needs to remind me how many games the Reds have played, you know. Look, I actually feel like I handled that pretty well. I, I don't think I've ever had a caller call me a name on the air, and I just kept on going like it was no big deal. I'm becoming numb to the abuse that I take from you listeners, which is fine. As I said, I don't need you guys to like me. I just need you to listen to me every day. That's all I need. I mean, that, that's that's all it comes down to. By the way, we added four new YouTube subscribers today, so shout out to everyone that is uh, that is listening to me. As I told you, my boss is just constantly riding me about the damn YouTube channel. He used to ride me about Facebook all the time. Kinner, you got to start using Facebook. You got to get that. To, so then I do that. Does he give me a thank you, by the way? Does my boss say, man, Kinner, you're doing a good? Nope. Calls me to the office. You? No, he called me to the office. I'm like, I'm like yeah, what's up? I'm expected to... What about you two? He thanked uh, me today. Of course, typical. <laughs> typical. Good job. Typical. Keeping Kinder in line lately. That's so no I'm problem. begging you. By the way, we just got a big shipment of Red's calendars and Red's calendar magnets uh, today. We're going to be getting some Mike Moustakis bobbleheads coming up. So we're going to be giving away a ton of free Red stuff again. Only to uh, not to you, Shaw. You don't get anything. You're a hater. You don't get anything. But uh, we have a ton of Red stuff. We're going to be giving away a lot of bobbleheads. I'm pumped about that. We're going to be giving that away. But uh, this is my my trick. I need you guys. If you help me on YouTube, I will help you with giving out free Red stuff. Um, I, I'm going to be giving out to the next. Right now we are at 29. Again, we just started this YouTube 
YouTube thing a while back. Okay, we've been on Facebook for over a year. We just started the YouTube channel, so I need you guys to help me out. If you are on YouTube, I need you to go subscribe. The next ten people, the next ten accounts that go, or the next ten YouTube uh, people that go and like and subscribe to it on YouTube, get a free Reds calendar. Okay, that's what I'll do for you. What? I thought you were going to say the next 10 people to use the middle finger emoji. Oh, no. That's, it's been a very productive day. I didn't know that there was a middle finger emoji. I mean, there's some strange emojis out there, but the middle finger emoji is awesome. As I said, we're going to start rating the show based on uh, on a scale of one middle finger to 10. What would you rate the show today? In fact, I want to know now. Uh, if you're watching live on Facebook in the comment section or on YouTube, by the way, we're all about YouTube now, too. Uh, on a scale of one to 10 middle finger emojis, how would you rate the show? How would you? Oh, Shaw. Oh, poor Shaw. Shaw's like, I didn't want anything anyway. He's like a child. He's like a baby. He's like a little child. I mean, he's throwing a temper tantrum right now. Oh, man, leave Shaw alone, man. I'm not. He called me an ass on the air. He called in and called me a name, and he expects me to sit there and then, oh, oh, look. He says, middle finger, do I get a magnet? See? <laughs> See? Child. And no, you do not. You do not. But again, in all seriousness, head to YouTube. The next 10 people that go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, 1410 Wing AM, you get a free Reds calendar. I'll be reaching out to you on your account there uh, to set up how you can come and pick up that Reds calendar as well as the Joe Morgan Reds calendar magnet as well. So we're pretty pumped about that. Uh, but 457-9464, Kev, who we got? We got the Ron. V. Ron, how are you, sir? I bet he hung up. He always does. He's never patient. Ron, Ron, come on, baby. Come on. I mean, Ron used to call in all the time, but see, I always make him wait. Because, He's still celebrating. Yeah, when Ron actually <laughs> calls in and has something good to say, I'll go to his call sooner. But until then, I make him wait for a little bit. So there's that. Okay. Um, but again, the Reds win. I appreciate all the calls and everyone on Facebook and YouTube here today. What a win for the Reds. Again, 5-1. and one. If you would bury this team at 1-5, and five, you have to be excited about where they're at at 5-1. and one. I don't care. They can, they're going on a six-game road trip coming up, Kev, on the West coast they got three with the diamondbacks they got three uh three with the diamondbacks they got three with the giants and they have i mean they're two and three to start i mean i would love to know shaw's uh, you know uh, how he would rate them right now at two and three i have no clue are you supposed to be upset are you supposed to be happy at least we won two i can't believe we lost three uh so <laughs> sorry willie hayden shout out to him he goes i just subscribed uh creation sensation there you go so <laughs> Shout out to Willie, man. I appreciate you. We're going to be getting your Reds calendar coming up here uh, in the near future. I promise you that much. But you can't, if a team starts one and five and you bury them, but then you can't be excited about a team that they are three, uh, that they're five and one. I, I just feel bad for you. I feel sorry for you that you have to be that miserable of a person. I am the most anti negative person ever, Kev. Have you ever heard me be negative? <laughs> No, I don't think you have. A couple thousand times. I'm always like, oh, yeah, the Flyers. They NIT, that's great. You know me. I'm all about the positivity. I mean, sure, you should be in the NCAA tournament with as much as you're bragging everything. But sure, the NIT, that's totally fine. It's totally great. It's totally fine. Who cares? You know, the Cincinnati Bengals. Who cares if you win games? You got Joe Burrow. In fact, the Cincinnati fans think you don't even need to win games because you just get to brag about how Joe Burrow goes out to steakhouses with Chad Johnson all the time. I mean, that's all it takes to be a Bengals fan. Who cares about winning? You know, I mean, Bengals fans rip the Browns for winning games and making the playoffs, but then try to make losing with Joe Burrow be cool. I'll never understand it. So there you go. All right. Uh, oh, shout out, by the way, to uh, shout out to Owen Matlock. He's a seven-year-old Reds fan and listening right now. So a huge shout out to Owen. Uh, I didn't know we had kids listening to the show. 
I might have to change things up a bit. We have middle finger emojis. Uh, people callers calling in, calling me the a word. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna clean it up. Shout out to Owen Matlock uh, for you know being a seven year old listener of the show. But no, we appreciate him listening. Thank you for pointing that out. We Thanks, Owen. It. Yeah, Owen, you the Owen. I'm gonna get you the Reds calendar, and uh, I'm gonna get you a bobblehead as well. I appreciate Owen uh, tuning in and listening. So there's that. Okay. Um, We'll get back into some more of the red stuff coming up around the corner, but I do do I do want to talk a little Cincinnati Bengals because something I wanted to get in yesterday, into yesterday, Kev, it caught my eye. If you look at some of the issues going on in the NFL right now, like let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks. What led to the, the I guess the butting of heads between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks? Mm-hmm. It was, hey Russell, we would love your input. On the offense, we would love your input on the draft. And then what ends up happening is, is they didn't accept his input. They didn't accept what he wanted to do. And then you know what ended up happening was, is because he didn't get his way. Then he started throwing a tantrum. Then he wanted to force his way out of Seattle, even though he's been to two Super Bowls. He's won one. He's always, you know, one of the top players in the NFL. Anytime I feel like you're walking a dangerous line when you give your players power on, you know, when you are allowing your players to do the job of the GM and the owner, I think you're not doing yourself any favors. I get why there are certain players who have earned the right to be able to have an input and have a say. Tom Brady definitely is at the point where he deserves input, where he deserves a say. Uh, I think that guys that have been around, like Big Ben, guys that have been around a long time that have won a ton of games. Russell Wilson, I do believe, deserves some input, but I don't think he deserves the final say. And I'm not saying that about him. I don't even think a Tom Brady deserves a final say. Um, and I hear this all the time. Well, the Buccaneers, they are, they're giving, you know, Tom Brady gets to make every decision there. The Buccaneers are a losing franchise that right now, it's like, you know, it, you know when you're ugly in uh, a hawker, this is coming from me, of course. You know how when you're ugly and, and a hot girl actually gives you attention? You, you're that annoying guy. Oh, I don't know. What do you need? What do you want from me? Here, here, here's my money. Here's here's this. Here's that. You know what I mean? Like, you, that's, what the, that's what the Buccaneers are doing. The Buccaneers act like they've never seen a hot girl before. The Buccaneers act like a team that has never had a hot girl give them attention before. And that's what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing right now. They have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is like this good-looking chick that just winked at him, and now the Bengals are like, oh, my God, oh, my God, here, here's my here's my credit card. Here's here's my bank card. Here's the keys to my house. Here's, here's the keys to my car. You've only been dating a week, but the Bengals are willing to give him everything, right? Like that, that's, there are some organizations like the Patriots that are like, no, Tom, I appreciate the six, the five Super Bowls and all, but I'm Bill Belichick. I'm going to make the decisions. This is my team. I'm, this is my team, not yours, blah, blah, blah. So then the hot chick leaves and then they got to find another hot chick. Right now they're dating ugly chicks, but it's, it's, it'll get better. (laughs) So with that being said, I am not a big fan of when you got to be careful when you give players certain responsibilities or power that go beyond just playing on the field because then you run into what the Seattle Seahawks run into, Kev. Um, so apparently Duke Tobin was asked about how much input Joe Burrow is getting on free agency and draft. And he didn't say he's not getting anything at all. He said that he's a very engaging individual. He loves engaging with engaging individuals and that he does have a say in some of their, in the direction that they are going in. Now, I could be overreacting to that because it's the Bengals and I have a habit of taking everything they do and spinning it to fit a negative narrative. But I'm going to spin this and not spin it, but I'm going to position this in a way that I would for any team. I was not a fan of when I heard that, like when I heard, and and I'm consistent here, Bengals fans, you have to understand this. I ripped the Browns when I found out when the Browns moved on from Freddie Kitchens, Kev, and I found out 
that Baker Mayfield was on the Zoom calls with the head coaches giving a thumbs up or a thumbs down, I said that is the worst thing that you can do. When Baker Mayfield signed off on Freddie Kitchens being the head coach, but he turned down, and by the way, now it's safe to say Mike McCarthy was not going to be a good fit, okay? But at the time, I thought that the Browns were, they weren't in a position to turn down a Super Bowl winning head coach of coming in and running the team. But I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that the Browns gave the power to Baker Mayfield to Zoom into these interviews and basically at the end get to after they hung up with the head coach for the interview, Baker Mayfield got to give the thumbs up or the thumbs down on whether he wanted that coach or not. Baker chose Freddie Kitchens. And everyone's like, well, then why do you blame the GM for hiring Freddie? Because you gave the second-year player the power to make a decision of who the head coach is going to be. And just because they had a little buddy-buddy relationship, that doesn't make him a good head football coach. Bill Belichick, I don't even think, has one friend in his life, and he's the best football coach uh, out there. Mike Tomlin, you know, is close with his players, but he doesn't care about being your friend, I mean, him and Big Ben, he's a big, if he had a Big Ben, he doesn't care about being friends with moving forward. He needs a quarterback that's going to win him some football games, right? So when I hear that the Cincinnati Bengals are giving Joe Burrow input on who to draft and who to sign in free agency, Kev, that's a problem. I don't care if it's the quarterback and it's Joe Burrow and, oh, Joe Burrow saved Athens and Joe Burrow this and Joe Burrow won us. Joe Burrow couldn't even beat out Dwayne Haskins at Ohio. That's just a dig. I'm sorry. I'm just joking. But Joe Burrow has played 10 games in the National Football League and has won less than a handful of them. Joe Burrow hasn't done anything. Joe Burrow has kind of given the team a little bit of life and a little bit of excitement, but Joe Burrow does not deserve anything in regards to input on who the Bengals should draft and who the, the Bengals have enough inexperienced people making decisions on who you should draft and who you should sign in free agency. You don't need a rookie quarterback making those decisions who has only played 10 games and has yet to even understand how to win in this league. Sure, he looked good. He nearly threw for 300 yards, but he everyone's like, oh, but man, if they would have won five or six of those one-possession games, that's a quarterback that loses a lot of one-possession games. And you're going to get, you know, point is, I don't care about all that. I'm piling on. But he's only played 10 games. I didn't, And I was the biggest Baker Mayfield fan in the world. I thought they were stupid as heck for giving him power to hire a head coach. And I do not like the idea of allowing Joe Burrow to decide who they should draft. Because apparently this whole Jamar Chase thing has built up because Joe Burrow really wants to play with his former teammate Jamar Chase. As if that's the only wide receiver that you're ever going to be able to play with. That's ridiculous. I just think it's a slippery slope. I think the Seahawks would have been better off not approaching Russell Wilson with the opportunity to have input on the offense and in free agency and head coaches and that type of thing. Um, but with that being said, Russell Wilson deserves it because he's won you a Super Bowl, taking you to two, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He has, uh, you, you know, he's been around a while. I do not. I don't. Joe Burrow technically, and this is, I'm going to take my hater hat off and just put it <laughs> off to the side. Joe Burrow has done nothing to deserve to be able to. To voice his opinion. You know why I know he's not credible, Kev? Because if if Joe Burrow, who, by the way, was sacked the third most times in the NFL last year and didn't play the final two months of the season, if a guy that got hit the third most times in the league and didn't even play the last two months of the season is telling you that you need a wide receiver instead of an offensive lineman, then he's not that intelligent. <laughs> he's not that smart. He needs Shaw to tell him how to think because he can't think on his own. If Joe Burrow is not even smart enough to understand that you need an offensive lineman instead of a wide receiver, then then you are playing video game football and not playing actual football because he wants the the flair, the excitement, the, the the sexy. The Bengals don't deserve the sexy picks right now until they beef up up front. Like I said, my analogy the other day was it's like having this super nice sports car that you put this nice paint job on, but the car doesn't run. So sure, the car is going to look nice, but you're not going anywhere. 
I think it's a mistake for Duke Tobin and the Bengals to be given Joe Burrow input on this. Yes, I'm coming across as a hater because that's how everyone views me with the Bengals, but I said the same thing about Baker Mayfield and the Browns, so I'm consistent. I think this is a mistake. I do not think you should give power to the players in this regard because you hire, well, they don't have a GM technically, but you have guys in place to make these decisions. I don't think that the players' role is to make those decisions. And and here's why, Kev, because that's the thing. Once you give the player that role one time, when you don't go back to them the second time to ask their opinion on something, guess what's going to be a problem at that point? I think you've got to be very careful. The Seahawks, they thought they were doing the right thing and asking Russell Wilson's input, and it ended up blowing up in their face. I think you've got to be very careful with this. I have no problem with the quarterback of your franchise, and especially if you view him as the franchise and he's going to be there for a long time having input. I'm not saying that the quarterback should be out there like, no, we're going to sign him, 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 and him. All right, call me when the guys come in to sign their contract so we can take a picture for the gram. No. But I do believe that the quarterback of the future should have some type of input. Their voice should be heard. And I did believe that Baker Mayfield deserved to have his voice heard about the Browns situation. Uh, The biggest problem that happened with the Browns was Freddie Kitchens was overwhelmed with all the other responsibilities that a head coach has to do. When Freddie Kitchens was simply responsible for calling plays, he was perfectly fine when he was, wasn't was responsible for, you know, hey, it's a fourth and three at the 50. What you want to do, coach? Oh, what, huh? Uh, hey, coach, uh, it's third and eight. Do you want us to blitz? Uh, uh, what? I, I was looking at the play sheet. So I think Freddie Kitchens got overwhelmed with that and then overwhelmed with expectations. I think that was the demise of Freddie Kitchens. If Freddie Kitchens was put in a situation where if they did uh, hire, um, what was the D.C. that was the the interim coach, Greg, uh, Greg, Williams. Greg Williams. If Greg Williams was the head coach and, and Freddie Kitchens was still in the role as the OC and just strictly responsible for coaching the quarterbacks and drawing up plays and calling plays and had no, not a other care in the world, I, th- I think he'd have been perfectly fine. And I think that's what it was a learning lesson, not only for Baker Mayfield, but for Freddie Kitchens and the whole Browns organization. So there's not a ton of people out there that can be a head coach and call plays. There's only a handful of those guys that do it in the NFL. There's only a handful of guys that do it in college. Matter of fact, you know, the great Urban Meyer, he's never called plays. Not calling plays. He's on the headset. Hey, will we run it? Okay, cool. Like, he's not dialing up the plays. So, it's a very fine line when it comes to that. As far as Russell Wilson, yeah, he should definitely have input. And I know I read an article about when he was talking to them about, you know, uh, play calls and, you know, game plans going into games. Like, he'll have, like, a whole sheet of things written out. And, nah, we're not going to do that. Like, I think that's silly if you're going to have a guy that's going to be leading your franchise and have don't have his input or having plays that he's comfortable running. He's the guy going out there, hiking the ball, snapping the ball, throwing the ball. So you probably want to have plays that he feels comfortable running. So I think that's a blown opportunity. As far as the Bengals are concerned, yes, Joe Burrow only played 10 games. Joe Burrow is going into his second year. I believe that most of his time should be focusing on rehabbing and studying the playbook and getting ready for, to be back on the field. But, yes, I do believe he should have some type of input. Now, you take that input and you take it with the rest of the decision makers. His vote is not more than anybody else's vote because we got situations where GMs draft players that the coaches don't even want. So, you know, we listen. We heard you. We appreciate your input. 
But as a collective, as the Cincinnati Bengal organization, we felt player X is better suited for our team where we're going to this direction. Thank you for your input. Uh, we're going to keep that on file. Um, we may not be able to get Jamar Chase, but maybe we can get uh, Kadarius Tony uh, from Florida in the second round. Hope you're happy throwing to him. Like, input is is always needed, and, you know, we deal with that here. You know, we have meetings and Zoom meetings all the time, and, you know, a lot of those meetings are just like, uh, but when there's good information that comes out of it, we both say, you know what, I ain't feel like being on that call, but you know what, I got to admit, I did get some good information out of that. So more information isn't a bad thing. I'd like to be in the meetings you're on. <laughs> I got one tomorrow. Yeah, you want to take my I, place? As soon as I have one of them damn meetings where I feel like that, I'll let you know. Uh, but there's I got that. one tomorrow at noon. Uh, he, here's why, and I brought this up on purpose about Joe Burrow choosing a receiver over an offensive lineman. Re- quarterbacks, like players, are selfish individuals, and they should be. And, and again, when you hear the word selfish, it has a negative connotation to it, but hear me out. They should be. Joe Burrow has a 10 plus, maybe a, at the best, at, you know, hopefully a 10 plus year career. But you're not promised that. So every decision that you make needs to be done, not just for the betterment of you, but for the team as a whole. Because the better the team does, the better you, or, you know, you know, I don't think it's the better he does, the better the team does, because he was pretty damn good last year and it do, didn't do a whole hell of a lot. So, you know, they didn't win, you know, a lot of football games. They lost a lot of close football games that they should have won had he completed one more pass. Maybe he didn't throw as many interceptions. He didn't throw a lot of touchdowns. I don't care. I know he threw for a lot of yards, but he did not throw for a lot of touchdowns. I was actually kind of the big knock on him as the season was rolling on is he's just not, you know he's not closing out you know um, um scoring drives so with that being said i know that when you ask a player what they want kev of course he's going to say jamar chase of course he's going to say a cool a very cool exciting pass catcher his friend jamar chase that answer right there is why i don't trust joe burrow because and that's why i didn't trust baker mayfield when you when you pick the coach that was best for you and not what was best for the team that's where i have a problem with baker mayfield in that situation when ba- when joe burrow picks a guy that is best for him and not best for the team that's where i have a problem with it that's where i have a problem with that because what's best for the team kev and what's best for him actually whether he believes it or not is that offensive lineman and that that's just what's crazy to me um you know shaw's asking weren't you the host calling for pits two weeks ago two weeks ago i was saying that the bengals needed to attack offensive line and free agency and then you can you don't deserve to have pits or jamar chase unless you actually go out and fulfill your promise of addressing the offensive line getting one damn average player on the offensive line is not a Addressing the offensive line. The best offensive line prospect is right there in the first round in Penny Sewell. And all of a sudden now, apparently his arms have shrunk. And apparently the Bengals have standards for offensive line. And now they don't want him because he has short arms. That's just some BS excuse that they can use to pick one of the sexier names, the skill position players, the pass catchers, whether it's be Pitts or Jamar Chase. And by the way, like I said, it will be exciting. You know, Chad Johnson was exciting. Ocho Cinco was exciting. Getting T.O. there was exciting. But... You know, there were other needs that that team needed before you needed those types of players. But those types of players, and I've always said this about Mike Brown, Mike Brown doesn't care about winning. He cares about having some kind of commodities on the team that are going to get you to go to games. Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell is not going to get you to go to games. I'm not going to say, man, I can't wait to go to the Bengals game next year to watch Penny Sewell. Penny, but Jamar Chase is going to fill up Paul Brown Stadium. Mm-hmm. Chad Johnson filled up Paul Brown Stadium. Terrell Owens filled up, you know, Paul Brown Stadium. Maybe not individually, but you know what I mean. They had characters. They had characters on their team. He just cares about those guys. You know, that he doesn't care about getting guys that are actually going to help you win. And I'm not saying that they can't help you win, but you can't win games unless you address what's up front. But bottom line is, 
why do? And by the way, you say you think that the players should have input. I don't get why because there's so many people that are paid to make decisions for the team that I just don't think the players have. They should not be involved in that at all. Because if I'm Zach Taylor, who probably doesn't have a whole lot of say because he was hired as a 12 year old puppet to run this team. He doesn't have say. So if I'm Zach Taylor, I'm a little annoyed. That, no, he should have say, too. But, I believe the coaches but, should have, but, but, have a voice as well. But some coaches don't. I mean, you've talked about it, that owners, GMs, they'll make, they'll make yeah. decisions without the coach's consent. So now you want to get a player's opinion on this, too. I just feel like it's a, it's too slippery of a slope. And what are the – what is the – I just don't get it. And this goes back to my point about the Bengals – Having a hot girl wink at them for the first time, and now they're giving them their room key or their their house key. They're giving them their social security number. They're giving them their their everything. They're giving them their everything because Add them to the four hundred one k. Yeah, they, the Bengals aren't confident in themselves to have a long lasting relationship with Joe Burrow. So what they're doing is, well, if I just keep spoiling, if I keep buying him presents, if I keep doing this and that, maybe he'll like me more. That's what I feel is going on here because. Tom Brady, I know that he ultimately left because of this, but like they didn't need Tom Brady's input at any point of his run in the Patriots, and I think they did pretty good. Now I'm doing what you do. I'm using the outlier, the <laughs> ultimate outlier as an excuse, but I just don't think that they should be asking players for input on that. You pay too many people to make decisions to all of a sudden ask your quarterback, who's only going to be around for at the most 10 years, to make a decision. I just think that's a slippery slope, a dangerous slope at that. So, anyways. All right. Um <sighs> Dylan Carell says, subscribed on YouTube. Don't send whole Reds calendar. Just want month of April, a.k.a. when they will actually play well. Dylan, I know what you're doing. It's not going to work. I appreciate it, though. Shout out to Dylan and Madison and her family all watching us live on YouTube right now. So uh, there you go. Shout out to the clerks. There we go. Um, all right. Four, five, seven, nine, four, six, four. Who we have on hold? We had a caller on hold? Uh, the Ron and Kevin. Well, Kevin... Is gone. The Ron. The Ron is back. Oh, let's back. bring on the Ron. Is it the Ron or Mo Ron? Who's it going to be today? Hey, I'm not. Calling ah, you. it's Mo Ron. How are you? Ah, don't do it. I'm not calling to insult you, but you always start the fight. I don't start nothing. I finish it. All right, Ron. I'm just joking. You are the Ron. Right. What do you got for us no. today? Go Bucks. I'll give you a go Bucks. All right, well, I didn't call to talk about football. We already know how that finished. But <laughs> but anyway, I am excited for the Reds. I mean, I've lived here 30 years. Uh-huh. I, I've watched the big red machine, and uh, the town of Cincinnati's got a buzz going. I was really impressed with the Dick Cassianis interview the other day. He said he's tired of losing. He's been on losing teams. Yep. He wants to win. He wants to win. He, I mean, and this team's fired up. And... I mean, ride the pony while you can, but I just, I'm really impressed with, uh, first of all, Joey Bono. I mean, he's not, he's looking totally different. Uh, and you know what's funny is Joey Votto's hitting like just a hair over 200 right now. He's actually playing poorly, technically, right? But no, he has. He's been. Uh, look, there's really no one that's playing very poorly offensively right now, and it's just going to be one of those situations where. And I, I tweeted this out earlier, Ron, where I said, "I go, the Reds are spoiling us because when they start winning by when they start winning by margins of only one to two runs a game, and they're only winning four to three or four to two or three to one, we're going to feel like this team is playing horrible offensively because we're going to keep using this six game." stretch right here and say, man, they're not playing like they were to start the year. 
they are playing way above what you're supposed to be playing offensively. Last year's, uh, you know, last year's average runs per game for the best team in baseball, the Dodgers, was six. Okay, and the Reds are averaging just a hair under ten right now. So it's not going to be fair to compare the Reds' success moving forward to the stretch that they are on. I don't expect them to keep averaging nine runs, ten runs a ball game. So that's going to be something to keep in mind: is they're not going to keep playing at this level, but they're still going to be playing good quality baseball. I, I mean, I predicted them to win eighty-five games. I think they're going to be in that stretch as long as they continue. Playing somewhat at this level, yeah. Well, what um I also thought about is when's the last time you see David Bell leave a pitcher in six seven innings? Well, and, and again. To David Bell's defense, and again, I'm all about defending David Bell. Look, I do like David Bell. I just it's because they're winning right now. Uh, but Ron, you bring up a good point. But also keep in mind, in the sixth inning, he also had 68 pitches. Uh, you know, Luis Castillo did. When David Bell, sometimes David Bell pulls guys too prematurely. Then there are other times where I agree that they need to be pulled. And let's be honest, you should average about 15 pitches an inning. Luis Castillo was at 58 pitches or six or 58 pitches in the sixth inning or whatever it was. He was so efficient today. He, that's why he allowed him to pitch deep into the ballgame as he did. Plus, it's early. You want to get his innings up a little bit, and when he's pitching well, you want to take advantage of that. Plus, it's the Pirates, so it felt like a spring training game, right? So uh, I'm with you. I would. Uh, I was impressed that he left him in, but he was also pitching very efficient. His pitch count was not very high, which warranted keeping him in longer. Yeah, and uh, that comment I made you couldn't talk about, um, I meant to use mouth. Um, yeah, Ron, you sicko. I don't even know what the hell that was supposed to mean. My goodness. It meant that I had to open my big mouth, and the show starts turning browns again. Yep, that was your fault. That was all on you. Then you got me yelled at. Hey, Ron, it's good hearing from you. You take care. All right. Have a good one, bud. Later. Go Browns. All right. The Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash here on 1410 ESPN Radio. The Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash presented by Kirkland and Summers. Again, please help me out. YouTube, subscribe to ESPN Dayton's YouTube channel. All right, my boss, Mike, I mean, all he does is yell at me. Oh, I'm sorry, I got I to gotta call him, uh, I got to be, respect, you know, Mr. Edwards. I got to call him Mr. Edwards. He's my boss. Mr. Edwards, sorry, Mike gets all mad. When I, call, I called him Mike the other day, and he goes, really? I've been your boss for six years, and you call me Mike? So I have to call him Mr. Edwards now. It's all Mr. Sensitive. Uh, so, But he's yelling at me all the time because our YouTube numbers aren't high enough. So please help me out so Mr. Edwards can stop being mad at me all the damn time. Go make Mr. Edwards. If you don't want to make me happy, fine. Go make Mr. Edwards happy. Go like and follow and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You'd really be helping me out. Kev's the favorite. So I'm trying to like, you know, I want to take the credit for why the YouTube uh, subscribers <laughs> are going up. So you would really be helping us out. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash presented by Kirkland and Summers next. Everybody is Stephen A. Smith, and everyone knows my feelings on Cowboys fans. But really, Justin Kenner, you're a Cowboys fan? All right, so let's see how many. Uh, we just started this YouTube account, okay, guys? So, uh, you know, my boss. Mr. Mike Edwards, he's been super jerky about getting this damn YouTube subscriber list up. And, and again, it was kind of slow at the beginning because I was, really wasn't pushing it. So now he yelled at me, threatened to fire me last week if I didn't push this damn YouTube, uh, this channel. So again, help me out. Go to YouTube and subscribe to this thing. We, we started the day at 25. We're up to 33. That's all you guys can do? Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? I have to get this baby up. I have to make it look like people actually care about us, right? Like, I mean, you don't have to actually care. You could just pretend to care. But just like the dang thing. Look, I even have these nice Cincinnati Reds calendars that the team just sent us today. I also have 
uh, these magnet calendars with the Joe Morgan uh, pendant down there at the mm. bottom, too. We're also going to be getting Mike Moustakis bobbleheads. We're going to be getting Castellanos bobbleheads. Uh, we're going to be getting uh, Marty Brenneman pennant. I mean, we have a lot of really cool prizes that we're going to be getting throughout the year. And uh, I need your help. So, again, those calendars. The next 10 people that go, and actually I need uh, four more. We need four more. So the next four people that go and like the YouTube channel, I'm going to be reaching out to you on YouTube and going to be getting these prizes too. You're going to be getting the team calendar with the Joe Morgan pendant at the bottom. So head to YouTube, subscribe to the Wing 1410 Dayton's YouTube channel. I would really appreciate it. Again, we're live on YouTube every single day, so it's very important that that's where you find us because uh, eventually we're going to be jumping off this Facebook thing and only on YouTube. So I need everyone to make sure that you are moving over to YouTube where you could take it the show so keep that in mind um so i learned today that there's a middle finger emoji i had no idea and uh it took on a life of its own so now we are going to i need you guys to rate the show on a scale of one middle finger emoji to 10 how would you rate today's show ron ron says today's show is about let me count one oh i need i need shaw's help i don't know how to count <laughs> uh one two three four five six seven not bad ron said today's show he rates it about seven middle finger emojis not bad. I appreciate that. So thank you. So again, I want to, on a scale of one to 10 middle finger emojis, how would you rate the show? Um, but all right. But no, nonetheless, we got to do a lot about the Reds today. Of course, we jumped into, uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals aspect of it. Look. Bottom line is that draft is fast approaching. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, every interview I hear regarding the Cincinnati Bengals, it's like they're really intrigued by Jamar Chase. They're really intrigued by Kyle Pitts. But overall, uh, one interview I heard today on Colin's show uh, was that everyone that he knows within the Bengals front office saying that they are not going to let Penny Sewell go if he is available for them, which I don't see how he wouldn't be available to them. Uh, the, the, the Falcons pick is interesting right there at number four because now there's reports that they are open to trading that. You'd have to think that anyone that's actually in love with, uh, you know, in love with, the, with getting a Justin Fields, that they would trade up and get him. So I'm curious how that's going to play out as well. I mean, there's so many moving parts that we're going to be discussing in the coming weeks as the draft is just around the corner. Yeah, man, ton of moving parts. I mean, Atlanta, the position that they're in, you know, talking about their pick is for sale. Are they going to try to trade back and get more weapons for Matty Ice? Are they going to stay in pat and get their quarterback of the future, potentially Justin Fields? Are they going to stay in pat and draft uh, an offensive lineman or another weapon? I mean, it's tons of moves out there. Like you said, the draft's going to be here before we know it, but until then, there's a ton of talk. There's a ton of moves. I mean, obviously, everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, they're like at a standstill situation because nobody wants to touch that situation with him. Uh, So it's so many moving parts out there with Tons of teams, and not just like the teams at the top of the draft. It's teams at the back end of the draft that are looking to move up because they feel like they're that impact player away from a Super Bowl run. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, real quick, uh, Gary Mabes on Facebook says he loves the show. Uh, so all my YouTube burner accounts are working right now. They let you know. <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> uh, so get, shout out to Gary. I appreciate you. Thank you for that. Uh, we appreciate that as well. Todd Pierce says, LOL. I don't know. what I, I don't. I don't know. He just said LOL. Uh, but he did say nice show. Thank uh, so, uh, Todd, I appreciate that as well. Um, so, again, and these are all coming in on YouTube. We're getting a lot of YouTube people jumping in, which I appreciate, by the way. And by the way, I, I keep saying, see, we're up to 45 people watching on YouTube right now. So, that's pretty dang cool, at least coming in through the multiple YouTube outlets that we have. So, that's cool. We appreciate everybody. Just go and subscribe. A couple things here to close out the show, Kev. Arizona has moved on from Sean Miller. It's been a tough year. 
for the Miller brothers. Mm-hmm. I Archie didn't know out of Indiana, now Sean out of Arizona. I didn't know he was there 12 years. He was there a while. Yeah, um, I read the article. It said 12 years. I was like, has it? Four years too long. I mean, I don't know how he was able to keep his job. So what's interesting is, is I don't know what kind of deal Bill Self worked out with Kansas, but can- Bill Self and, and Sean Miller are the same. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both being investigated for the same deals. Right. And you know that, that Bill Self is as guilty as could be because Bill Self worked out. Like So the second that the, what job just came? Oh, the North Carolina yeah. job. And I did say that I felt Bill Self would be a, a name involved in that. I know North Carolina wanted to keep it in the family. But I haven't, I haven't, Kevin, I believe if Bill Self wanted that job, that that job would have been his. I think that they would have rather have gone to a, like I know that Ohio State felt comfortable going to Ryan Day, but let's be honest, there was no big name coach out there that made sense. Um, Urban Meyer was available for the Ohio State job after that one year with Fickle. That just made sense. I know Ryan Day's done a great job, but let's be honest. if there, I don't know who that name would be, but if there was a big name out there available to take that Buckeye job, it would have probably gone to the bigger name over Ryan Day, but there was no other name that made sense. And it's not disrespectful today, but when you have a big program like that, you don't give it to no, a, a coach with no head coaching experience unless you have to. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's true. Ohio State, there was no better name out there than Ryan Day. Um, there was Urban Meyer available when that job became open. North Carolina, there were a lot of available names, but no name was a home run hire. I don't think that they got it wrong with the guy they hire now, but I do think Bill Self would have been a home run hire if North Carolina would have been able to acquire him at the time. But Bill Self works out this uh, he, he works out this weird deal with Kansas on the lifetime de- the mm-hmm. contract where he can't be fired. I need to I need to talk to my boss, Mister Mike Edwards, and get that. In the, <laughs> you can't fire me no matter what I say. I don't think he's going to go for that. But Bill I Self working out the 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 deal in the contract of. Oh, you can't fire me no matter what comes out of this investigation. That was genius. I don't know who his agent is, but kudos to him. Yeah. Uh, and the, Kansas is pretty stupid for buying into that. But Kansas is like, well, if you're willing to stay here during this investigation, even if we might be having you know postseason bans for a few years, you would rather have a postseason ban with a good coach and Bill Self than to lose Bill Self and have a postseason ban and then not get any good quality coaches. You know what I mean? So it makes sense for both sides, I guess, from that perspective. But he got that deal because of the fact that North Carolina, the job came open. But Sean Miller... They moved on from him. Now mm-hmm. I don't think Sean Miller. I would never pick Sean Miller over Bill Self to begin with, even on their best on his on Sean Miller's best year. But they he had a one point five million dollar buyout. Kev, mm-hmm. his brother had a ten million dollar buyout. I, do they have the same agent? By the way, I, I, I don't no know. Idea. Um, you know, and I know that. Look, the bottom line is too, and from what I've heard. When, we, when Archie was in negotiations with Indiana, the Dayton Flyers had countered and offered him quite a substantial buyout. And when that buyout with the Dayton Flyers was taken to Indiana by Archie Miller, they said, okay, we'll match it. Because Archie, I mean, I'm not saying Archie would have stayed with UD, but UD gave him quite the the offer. He was going to be a top 10 compensated coach. The buyout would have been significant. And that's the only, he wasn't going to have a buyout. He almost signed a deal with Indiana without a buyout. Whew. And because of the buyout that was offered from Dayton, according to my sources, I get to do the my sources game now. How about that? I'm Mr. Dan Orlovsky. How about that? Except I'm not ruining someone's credibility. <laughs> um, but my sources tell me that, no, that because of the, the big buyout offer that UD was willing to give Archie, he took that buyout offer and used it as leverage to get that within his offer at Indiana. And, of course, the rest is history. Um, so, I mean, it pays to get fired if you are at Indiana. Uh, but nonetheless, like, so Archie got $10 million to be fired and Sean only got 1.5 so i don't i think the parents are expecting a much bigger christmas present from archie this year than sean hey man getting paid not to work 
What a concept. Uh, the thing about everything going on at Kansas, I mean, the new athletic director is probably just as dumb as the other one that hired Les Miles after going through all the issues that he went through his last days at LSU saying – pulling an Urban Meyer, we vetted the situation, and then it comes out, Real they quick didn't on vet that. the situation. They didn't, but there was nothing to vet, because I blame LSU. Didn't LSU hide hide that? Like, LSU got no, away the, with this. The, L, the AD So it was, LSU, it was known? Yes. Okay, the I AD didn't at LSU okay. said we should fire him, and brought it to the Board of Trustees and the Boosters, and the Boosters like, no, we're cool. And so, just like you know, just like we talked about, like, the Boosters have – Basically, just as much, if not more, power than the AD. That's why Urban and, was pushed out at Ohio State. Let's be yeah, clear. Yeah, and then the the AD was like, "All right," and and then stuff came out, and then not even came out. Like they started losing football games more than normal, and then they fired him halfway through that next season. Then he got hired at Kansas. They do whatever they do at Kansas football, which is not win a lot of games outside of that one season they won the Orange Bowl. Um, and now things came out about him. They fired him, and then the AD stepped down. Now the new AD just gave a guy that is allegedly dirty in Bill's self a lifetime contract. So he's not that bright either. Yeah. He'll be, when, when things come out about Bill Self, he'll probably be stepping down as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that lifetime, I mean, so we saw Bill Self get that lifetime deal with Kansas, um, and we also saw the lifetime deal with Calipari at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, too, like, and I love Calipari. Calipari's not a favorite amongst many, and I get it. But my opinion of him changed on that documentary that ESPN did on him years ago. Um, I loved his approach to recruiting when he said, he goes, look, he goes, when I go after the best players in recruiting, winning a championship, that's just a given. He goes, I shouldn't have to go on the road to these kids and sell them on, oh, we want to win. He goes, of course, they want to win, we want to win. Why do I have to waste time on the recruiting trail about that? Um it was fascinating hearing the stories of the the different situations of the individual recruits that he would go into, and it was more more about what do I got to do to get you to the NBA? Like you have to speak the player's language of okay, yes, you know, not just your goal for the next if you're good enough one year, but what's your next goal for the next three to four years if you're a four year player? But hey. And one year from now, you come play for me. I'm going to put you in position to be making millions in about a year to get you out of here. But in the meantime, here's about five hundred thousand just to kind of get you, keep you good. No, but you know what I mean. Like I, I, I totally, my opinion on him totally changed. Also, uh, but so he got that lifetime deal, Kentucky, because of the UCLA job right. that opened up. Leverage, just, just like Bill Self got it. Uh, Bill Self got the lifetime deal at Kansas because of the North Carolina job that opened up. Um, real quick on this, did you? I watched the Bob Knight documentary last night again. I did um, not. It was on, and it, did you remember watching? it the first time yeah 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 um man that that was nuts like that i had flashbacks to the urban meyer situation at ohio state where it's like which one he had yeah well (laughs) the one uh you know he had the so much power there he had so much power at ohio state and and bob knight ran indiana yeah that documentary was fascinating i remember like it was fascinating when i watched it the first time but watching it last night there was a lot of things i'd forgotten about that i'm like holy smokes and, uh, you know, some of that is, that's all on the screen. Yes, it's on Bob Knight. You can't excuse the way he acted and everything like that. But you, when you're given rope, when you're given a leash and, to, and, and an opportunity to act a certain way, yes, it's on Indiana, just as if not more than, than on him. But my goodness, I mean, how much of a fool is he, though, after being told you touch a player? God, by the way, that would never happen today. As I'm watching that documentary, I'm like, dude, he would have been fired just for the allegations today without the tape. Like football players, I mean, football coaches can't even grab players by the face mask anymore. You know what I'm saying? And, They're I mean, soft. That's why. <laughs> and I mean, the way Bob Knight 
was doing his players. This is basketball. Like it was insane, you know. And you're right, you know. Yes, the the people like Bob Knight who are put in power and given lifetime contracts and told to the mountaintops how important they are and they're the most uh, highest paid state employees and they're gods in those uh, uh, college towns. Yes, they are culpable, but the people that give them those contracts and give them that power to make them feel that way, they're just as culpable. Absolutely. Last thing as we head out here, appreciate everyone that subscribed. By the way, we got YouTube up to, uh, again, it sounds like a low number, but we were only at 11 uh, just earlier this week. So we're at 42. So I appreciate everyone that keeps adding to this. This isn't enough, uh, but this is a good start. So I appreciate everyone who's jumping over on the YouTube side of things uh, because we, yeah, we're going to be moving over to that here. I know it's time to go. I don't need the alarm to tell me, but you know, it is 80 degrees. Uh, Bubba on Facebook, he says, uh, speak better about the Bengals and I'll think about switching to YouTube. Well, enjoy <laughs> watching on Facebook. And Brian, Bubba, you should have learned from today. I was bad-mouthing the Reds a year ago, and I have nothing but positive things to say about the Reds because they're winning. And when the Bengals win, I'll say nice things. So, Bubba, you might be sticking to Facebook for a long time then because I don't see the Bengals winning anytime soon. And when they do, I'll have nothing but positive things to say because it's amazing how that works. When you lose, I call you out for being bad. And when you win, I call you out for being good. It's really not that hard. It's not that hard. We'll be back tomorrow, folks. Have a great night. Go Reds. Go Browns. Who day? Go Flyers. Go Raiders. Go Buckeyes. Go Blue Jackets. Go everybody. We don't always have to be so confrontational, right, Kev? Take care.